I'm your host, Mary Beth Smith. My guest today is Bill Green, and he's going to talk to me about his love of and passion for politics. And before you roll your eyes, when you see the timestamp on how long this episode is, fear not. We didn't just sit around belaboring a bunch of political points, um, because while I'm sure that would be interesting in some ways, um, what I find a lot more interesting is... uh, Bill's experience in um, in politics in general, in uh, his current job, uh, he w- literally worked on the Obama campaign. Like he's not just a guy who has an interest; he's someone who has firsthand experience in kind of um, how political campaigns work, in how um, he's witnessed uh, voters' obstruction at. A polling place that was a really kind of uh heartbreaking story um and he currently works for the united way helping to um implement a plan to get people in illinois to sign up for obamacare and assist them with that process um through through a uh, navigator grant um that they were awarded uh, we also recorded this a couple days after the midterm elections, so we kind of unpack that a little. Um, and Bill's legitimately worried about um, the uh, fate of the grant that uh, the United Way is currently working with, um, with uh, Ronner being our uh, great state's new governor. He's not really sure if that will affect it. Um, so he's not just, you know, someone who's interested in political topics or discussions. He's, he's being affected by it and has been on the front lines at times in his life thus far. Uh, and it's really interesting to hear him talk about all that. Hence it being a pretty long episode. There's just so much that he, that he had to, to say. And, uh, I was really enjoying engaging him and I, I shared a couple of um, my own personal uh, stories where uh, some, I guess, more with where social politics are concerned. But there's a little bit of uh, of economic and, um, you know, international politic talk in here. I'm, I'm more, I feel like I guess I don't get uh, in over my head where social politics are concerned. So I think I kind of try to stick to that. Um, so I think the only plug I have is the Annoyance Christmas pageant on Friday nights from now until December 21st, and that will be on Friday nights at 8 o'clock, and in December the 7th, 14th, and 21st, Sunday afternoons at 3. Come check that out. We had our first preview last weekend. Super fun. Can't wait for people to see it. And until then... Enjoy political talk with Bill Green. Why do people feel the need <laughs> to constantly 
to inv- not okay not only get married and right. I'm glad that they invite me yeah like I'm really happy about it mm-hmm. and I love weddings so like this is counter to like yeah like me it's funny yeah. you're, all the things you're saying I agree yeah. with go on yeah but like why are they inviting me <laughs> <laughs> like I love it and I love that they invite me you're and a total I love wedding them. guy yeah it's great you're a total like of course people want you at your wedding but you've like, already said since you got here that you're very outgoing I well yeah but like and you brought sandwiches and beers yeah like it's very good. I'm excited for number two. I was just about to say, I've been already thinking about number two, mm-hmm. even though I haven't finished number one. Yeah. That's a good thought to have. But so, yeah, so like I I've been to like this range of weddings and stuff. Mm-hmm. The first one I went to You said six? Six. Over the course of how long? Just the summer. So like, like three months, four shoot, months? I think the first one was in May mm-hmm. or June. Yeah, no, no, no. It was in it was in Either end of April, early June, my cousin got married. That okay. was on the suburbs. It was beautiful, a traditional ceremony, mm-hmm. kind of shorter version. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, like, if you're familiar, like, it was at the Joliet train station was the reception. Oh, interesting. It was really cool. Okay. That was cool. That was, yeah. like, the perfect wedding. Like, I'm not into this long ceremony yeah. thing. Which, blah, blah. if my mom ever listens to this, she'll, it'll break her heart. Oh, no. So, sorry, so, mom. Sorry, mom. It's okay. Um, <laughs> it's so funny. I feel like, like most people, not most people, I would love to go back and be able to quantify how many people have said something close to that sentence sorry, on the podcast. Like, I've heard it on a couple of them. If my mom listens to this, sorry. Sorry, mom. But <laughs> my I, mom I just listens can't. to, or will eventually listen to all of them, which is terrifying. Hi, mom. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully your mom like appreciates what I'm saying. I'm sure she will. But like, yeah, so I went to that one. That was great. And then the next one um, was one of my like good... Uh, female friends from college okay who got married to like her college sweetheart who i had never actually met before oh interesting yeah um and it was in thank you so much it was in st louis oh and this was like the fucking odyssey for me oh no so i i was going down with uh one of my like friends from high school was also a female um she was this girl's pledge mom in their sorority. Interesting. So, like, it was, like, that connection where, like, we were good friends in high school. We kind of hung out in college. college. Like, not really. Like, she not was too... older than I was. Yeah, when you go to big yeah. schools like that, it just... It falls off. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, but I found out that she was going, mm-hmm. and I was like, let's split a room. Yeah. Like, that's, let's do that. So, um, we did... There was a, a third girl as well that came with, so we split the room three ways. Worked out great. Like, they slept in, like, the king bed, and I had, like, this pull-out queen mattress, which Perfect. was Perfect, yeah. I reserved the room, and we were gonna take the Amtrak together. Okay. All of us, and, like, booze train it down, and have oh, so much fun. that sounds amazing. Yeah, so, it was great. Like, great planning, everything yeah. was great, and, um... So I go to the train station. Boost train it down. Yeah. I'm sorry. Bo- I'm hashtag boost train. Hashtag boost train. Which Ulysses is, most of you, I'm driving down with Garrett, but like most of Ulysses is boost training it down to Champagne, to champagne. next weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and it started, last time we went, we boost trained it down. And it was so us drinking Bacardi 151 and Coke with like gummy bears at the bottom of our glasses. <laughs> Which is a genius drink, yeah. by all accounts. Yeah, so, I no arguments here. <laughs> no. So I like, I my parents had gone to visit my sister who lives in San Antonio, and so I had my dad's car, but I wasn't going to take it. So I went to the train station. I get to like the gate mm-hmm. um, to park like, it. 
No, I get no. I just went to Union Station like on public transit. Mm. So I get to the gate like ten oh, minutes oh, early. Oh. I walk up. The gate is closed. <gasps> they wouldn't let me on the fucking train because I wasn't there before ten minutes or like ten oh, minutes no. ahead. So I was like, "What the fuck?" And the wedding was at five. The train was leaving at nine thirty. I got there at nine, yeah, nine twenty, and I couldn't oh, get on the train. No. So like, I argued with the people, and I'm calling, like, I'm texting Lauren, my girlfriend, being like, "Hey, like, I just missed my train. Like, the hotel's in my name. So if they get there, like, they're not gonna be able to check in the room." Was she already there? No, they. She was gonna like. Take, take the, the train, train well. from like because it goes through Joliet. Oh, gotcha. So like we were gonna pick her up essentially on the train. Gotcha, gotcha. And so I was like, "Fuck!" I argued with them for like a while, which doesn't help. It no. made me feel a little bit better. Yeah. But, and it's I'm like I even told them I'm like I realized that I missed the train. The right. train is gone. Right. I want you to know that this is not an airport, and like I shouldn't have to. Like, be here this early yeah, yeah yeah if i could see the train i should be able to get on yeah it and it was thing. just stopped yeah. and they're like i'm sorry it's procedure like it's posted throughout the terminal and it's posted on your ticket yeah and it wasn't it wasn't posted anywhere except for at the gate that you need to be there at that like what time. so long story short i didn't catch it i tried i like went to the greyhound station the next one wasn't leaving till like two so i was like fuck it i'm, I'm driving, driving. st louis yeah and so i drove i was what five, five hours? hours so like I actually, I had my dad's car, which is an SUV. My mom had left that morning for San Antonio and dropped her car, which is like really gas efficient, at my mm. aunt's house. So I switched and then drove, got there at 4.30. My suit was like super wrinkled from like being thrown in the car. Right. And it was in a backpack before that. Right. So like I'm ironing, I iron my pants, put on my pants, iron my jacket, <laughs> put it on. And like we got to the wedding, walked in at 5. They had, and like we sat down, the wedding started. Super fun. At, you never yeah. stopped between getting there late to the train station. No, oh my it was god! Super fun. And if you're if you're wondering where the white women are at, they're at a recently graduated <laughs> sorority girls' wedding. That's where they're at. All um, of them. Y'all, all, all every white. I'm where, so, were you there? I do ask. I was just about to say. I think I was there. Mm-hmm. One and yeah. two. I am always asking, where are the white women? Right. Where are the white women at? Where they at? They're there. Every recently graduated graduated girl that was in a sorority in college. Was I? They're there. I, I wasn't yeah. in a sorority, but I did live with three girls who were Chi Omegas, both my That's junior year and my senior year. Really? They I, were there! They were all there. Yeah. I was there by proxy. Nice. They tried to get me to rush every year after my freshman year. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I became friends with a bunch of Kyos during yeah. my freshman year. And sophomore year, they were like, you should rush as a sophomore. And I was like, nah. You should rush as a junior. Nah. You should rush as a senior. You fucking kidding? (laughs) But the good thing about knowing people that are there Uh is that you get to go to like the the things. You get to like eat the free meals. I went to a decent amount of functions. Mm -hmm. I had a bunch. There were always pre-games at my apartment for functions. So even if I didn't go or if I couldn't go... If I had a show or something like that, yeah. I would like, you know, have a drink with everybody, hang out, watch them take pictures, laugh at like, if it was a fun function, not like a formal, yeah. laugh at their costumes. If it was a formal, say like, oh, everyone looks gorgeous. Like mm-hmm. it was, it was like being kind of like a sorority mom yeah. almost. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I would take a lot of pictures for them. I was often very glad that I didn't have to do all the things that they did for it. Mm-hmm. So 
I, I think it was the ideal, honestly. Just being friends with them is like, you're in yeah. without any of the negatives at all at first. didn't have to pay dues. Barn dances. I went to oh, many a barn party. Yeah. Uh, I, I, think one of, I think one of the only like official functions that I went as someone's date was, uh, I think it was just called Kyo Crush. Mm-hmm. Um, but the theme was Opposites Attract. And my friend Elsie dressed as an old woman, and I dressed as a baby. <laughs> and it was so fun. That's great. It was so fun. I wore so like um, I wish I now have access to thanks to my roommate um, mm-hmm. nude leggings, basically. So I would have worn those, but instead I wore like Under Armour white leggings yeah. and put like a diaper over it and had a tiny little pink shirt and like little tiny pigtails. That's adorable. It was a blast. And like, it's so fun to be in that position because I feel like there are so few sorority girls who are just like going for it with a costume. Yeah. Most of them are probably like, oh, what's something that's cute and fun? Like what'll be sexy. Yeah. But like, I can wear something that looks good. Mm. And I was just like, fuck it, I'm dressing as a baby a sexy baby no fucking pressure on me yeah, yeah that's so it was definitely the ideal way to uh to experience all that but so that was just wedding two yeah you went to four other weddings this yeah summer? yeah there was uh two no there were three that were lauren's friends that mm. was the next three actually so like that'll do it, it if you're yeah. a significant other that yeah. will which all those were so great Really? All of them were Just great. going as a plus one? Yeah. And, like, her friends are amazing. Fun. Like, so it's great. Like, the first one was up in um, Lake Geneva. Mm-hmm. Super fun. I've been to a wedding yeah. in Lake Geneva as well. It's really, really, really pretty. And they did, like, the whole, like, they're, they're fucking cool. So they did, like, a ceremony in an arboretum. And then you just, like, it was outside. Cool. It was beautiful. And then we just, like, walked inside and the, cer- and the reception started. That's awesome. The- and then, yeah, so there was that... There was that one, and then there was, we drove down to, like, almost to St. Louis again, and it was just, like, at, it was at, a tr- like, a traditional ceremony that was short, and then we went to, almost, like, into a VFW hall, and, and, and then, no, it wasn't at the VFW hall, it was something similar, just an open hall, and then, after the reception ended, we did go to the VFW oh, for after drinks. That's so funny! Yeah. So that was great, and then the third one was, like, this amazing beautiful reception like down at is it like river north i don't know like in the loop okay absolutely beautiful mm. like again a reception that was outside mm-hmm. like led by the guys like one of his friends awesome so like and then we just went into like this hall and it was beautiful uh-huh. i found my favorite <laughs> thing to do is drink like the name drinks yeah so like I'm drinking a Dan. Oh, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. The last wedding I went to was I drank old fashions all night. Mm-hmm. I think they did have like a themed drink. Yeah. But they only had them for like, um, between the wedding and when the actual dinner started. Mm-hmm. So we did the wedding and then they did the like, like drinks and kind of like waiting. It was all in the same place, which was really nice. Yeah. This place on Halstead, um, it's like the hanging, the hanging globe gallery, something like that. Yeah. 
Um, Something amazing. Though. Yeah, it was really pretty. The vowels were like the best vowels I've ever heard because they were both people I knew from the like Chicago comedy community. Yeah. So they both wrote these hilarious, heartfelt, really, really beautiful vowels for one another. And like both of them, <laughs> both of them mentioned a couple of the same things. Mm-hmm. So it's just like very obvious that they were like very in tune with one another and very much in love. That's and yeah, like one of the, it's silly, but like I remember that they both mentioned the fact that like Jenny, the the woman, um, loved snacks and like like wouldn't let snacks get between her and things or something like that. And they both mentioned snacks like towards the end of their vows. It was so sweet. I'm getting like chills. just the word snacks. No, no, like, no. Not, like, okay, like, like like Jenny said something like. He'll always provide me with snacks. Like, and Warren said something like, I will always provide Jenny with snacks. Oh, like, that, it wasn't verbatim, but it yeah. was something to that effect where it was like, man, she really does love snacks and they really love each other. Like, yeah. it was very, it was just so sweet. I talked to multiple people um, after the wedding and we all agreed it was some of the best vows we'd ever heard. Granted, I haven't been to that many weddings, to be honest. Um, I that don't sounds know. great. But when they're like that, it's like it was all right. so chill and fun, yeah. and like there were a lot of people there that from the comedy community that I either don't get to see that often or had never met before, but like mm-hmm. knew who they were. Um, so it was really fun, uh, and then, so I'm like really excited for uh, what brought what started all the wedding talk in the first place. Mike Lara and My, oh man. Becca Helms wedding. So are they have they're just going to a bar. They're going to it's they're calling it a diamond in a dive bar. And they're going to a courthouse, getting hitched, and then going up to this place called, like, Frank and Mary's, I think it's called. Sweet. Some dive bar. That's awesome. Up on Lincoln. And I could, I have a show at 8, and at first when I got the invitation, I was just like, oh, fuck. Like, I have to find an understudy, because I was, like, not going to miss it, but it's, like, opening night of the show, and I'm, like, kept reading, and it was like, um, Mike and Becca are going to go to the courthouse to you know do the ceremony and then whenever you want to come to the bar afterwards it's fine and i was like this yeah. is the best like, <laughs> this is so good and then and then you can be like the sober one that shows up right and like like buys them shots yes and be like exactly. you've been here the whole time it's exactly <laughs> I, I was already thinking about it and just yeah. being like yeah i'm gonna come in totally sober both of them will probably already be shit canned mm. which is gonna be the best because a plus yeah I just, I love them a whole bunch, um, and I'm really excited. And uh, one of the good things that came out of, I almost mentioned this earlier, but one of the good things that came out of Ray Gunn retiring on the short list of good things was that um, both Mike Lara and Liz Caradonna, who had for a long time been um, very adamant that they would never do my podcast, not because they didn't want to, yeah. like because of me, because mm-hmm. they didn't want to because of themselves. Yeah. They were both like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have to do that podcast, oh, aren't I?" And I was I like, "Yeah, <laughs> yes, you do." Oh man, so I'll, I'll get him on here. I've been I've been trying to wait a little while after we retired so that it's just like a good excuse to catch up with them when we do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I like both of them a ton. But oh, speaking man. of the podcast. Should we talk about? I'm gonna loop this in. Me here? Yeah, <laughs> my guest today is Bill oh, Green, and he's going to talk to me about his love of just politics yeah, in general. Politics, cool. Politics, political history. It's like the worst thing. Yeah, and I hate it. Right, but that like makes me want 
needs to do more. It's Man, like self So that that wedding thing was like kind of uh, foreshadowing. Yeah. Because you were like, oh, why do people do this? Yes. It's terrible. And then you went on to describe how fun and beautiful like, those weddings like were. Feed into my own hatred of myself. <laughs> I think, like, totally in politics. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Like. I read, like, on Tuesday. Oh. Oh, man. So, uh, oh. we're recording this um, two days after the midterm election day. Yeah. So just so everyone knows. Because it, it won't go out for, like, uh, like a week and a half. Okay. That's yeah. fi- That's fine. It's, yeah. Yeah, so it's Just two, giving everyone a little bit of background. Two days after my, like, complete depression. Oh, no. Not, like, oh, man. It was, it, it was fun, though. Uh-huh. So, like, I, I was telling people at work that... I love, like, watching things mm-hmm. where everyone is just completely disappointed. Really? So, like, so you like I watching was... people who lose get their returns? <laughs> so, like, I was watching MSNBC <laughs> at, like, 6 o'clock uh-huh. and, like, 5.30 and then 6 o'clock as, like, returns are coming in. Mm. And, like, the race in Kentucky um, was, like, this huge hyped-up race because mm-hmm. it's Mitch McConnell, who's the, he was the minority leader, now he's going right. to be the majority leader. Right. But he had this challenger who everyone was, like, really excited about. Uh-huh. And, like, the polls closed and it was almost instantly called for him, like, big time. By, like, wow. 30, 30 fucking points, like, wow. spread. And I saw that, I was just like, Oh Jesus! This is not going to be good. This is like you oh, just no. saw that as like foreshadowing the entire election. Yeah, so and I'm you like, were right. I was absolutely right. And then like I went to the gym for like an hour uh-huh. and just like, all right, I gotta get out of here. I gotta get out of my own apartment yeah. where I'm alone, or else I'll like be sad alone. Oh. Sad. So like I went, I came back, and I was like, oh man, this is bad. Like yeah. everything just went from bad to worse. Yeah. And then um, Lauren, Lauren came over and. We watched an episode of The Wire, which I told her, I'm like, I must fucking love you to not be watching these, like, and nerding out entirely. Wow. And that is very telling for someone who, whose first thing that he volunteered to want to talk about on, yeah. on MBSing was politics. Yeah. It's like your Christmas. It is. It is. It's my <laughs> Super Bowl. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, inkling with anticipation for 2016, which mm-hmm. is two years away. Mm-hmm. Um... So yeah, we did that, and then I was like checking my phone, and the, I coached an improv team at DePaul mm-hmm. called Megan, and they had a show. Megan, at MCL. I love that. <laughs> <Isn't> that <great? laughs> they had a show at MCL, so I was like, "We'll go do that," and it was like at ten. Uh, for opening for Lindsay's Calling. That's right. That's right. And uh, Logan Hewlick is on a team that I used to coach oh, with shit. OGM. Oh shit! Quiet what? Oh shit! So. I All didn't. Right, I didn't end up staying for their show because it went like we left at like eleven fifteen. Oh, I don't. I had work. Whatever. Yeah, but anyways. So like, I'm left. not gonna make you feel yeah. guilty. I feel so bad. I feel so bad. But I, did, I was just. I did. It all. I did drink there, which uh-huh. led me to have a like a less or a more numb reaction to all of the terrible oh. things that happened. Um, but anyways, long story short, it sucked. I, I work at a nonprofit, mm-hmm. and it's not good. For nonprofits, yeah, I wouldn't think so. No, it, it's whatever. But anyways, <sighs> anyways, politics. What's your origin story? So when I was at Loyola my freshman year, mm-hmm. um, it was 2008. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, woof. <laughs> so, yeah. So oh man, 2008, what a year, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I was a uh, bio major, mm-hmm. like pre med, mm-hmm. and I was so excited to be a doctor. Wow, like, big time. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. And I went to Loyola 
and I was so excited, and I was like doing great in lab. Which is good school for pre med, yeah. 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 So I was like, I was doing great in lab, like in lab, and classes were fine. I'm not a huge fan of like actual biology, which made no sense for me to. I'm not a fan of biology either. Yeah, it's hard. Way like, more I can't of a memorize person. shit. I'm yes, good at math. exactly. Yes, mm-hmm. I'm a math sciences person. Yeah. I tried to tell someone this recently, and they like borderline laughed in my face because mm-hmm. they just didn't. I don't think they could appreciate the differences between the two sciences as much as I do. Mm-hmm. Like, math science to me is like a chemistry, a physics. You give me that stuff all day. Yeah. Even like uh, even within chemistry, if you give me uh, physical chemistry, um, thermodynamics, those things have such like strict rules. Whereas mm-hmm. then you get into organic and it's all about memorization. And I'm like, no thanks. Yeah. So yeah, even though I am a science person, I could totally appreciate... Yeah. Not being super into biology. No, and I wa- I wasn't, but I like I like chemistry and I like lab, like lab, like yeah. actually doing it. But I, I took like my first bio lab exam and I f- failed miserably. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? Like I took it and I was like, I don't know any of this. Like oh, I studied no. a lot. I was like, I don't know any of this stuff. And I didn't do anything about it. I was like, I'll just do better the next time. Yeah. I was a freshman. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I took the next exam. I failed that, too. You probably also didn't know how to study very well no. yet. Yeah. I found out why. <laughs> I switched lab sessions. Uh-huh. And I thought that, just like high school, if you switch a class, the syllabus is going to be the same. Totally I didn't check it. different study materials. Oh, I just, no. like, failed. So, I was, like, I was frustrated. Like, stuff at, at, like, home wasn't, like, great at the time. And I was, like, Were you still living at home while you were in school? No, I was at Loyola, but, like, there was stuff happening But still a lot. And and you're still within the area. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. so I felt, I was, like, feeling shitty. And then, um, like, I had always paid attention to politics, but not, like, it's, like, that's not something I really want to do. But um, I really paid attention. I really paid attention in 08, like, big time. Okay. And so... When election night came, I hadn't re-registered in Chicago because I wanted to vote at home. Oh. Because I I forgot, I forget who it is now that was running, but I really wanted to vote for the Democratic candidate that Maybe was running at home. Maybe someone you even like knew. Yeah. Or, yeah. But I don't, they didn't end up winning. But, so I went home and I wanted to go to the rally that was taking place in Grand Park. Sure, night, yeah, of course. it was course. fucking like the biggest thing ever. Yeah, yeah, of so course. So I went home and voted and I... I remember this so clearly. Like, my parents were like, don't go to Grand Park. Like, there are going to be bombings. Like, about, like, if he wins, like, there will yeah. be bombings. Like, there was a huge worry about this. I was like, fuck it. I'm going. Wow. Um, so, I, I went. This is way... I moved yeah. to Chicago in 2010. So, yeah. like, this is way before I lived in Chicago. Yeah. Or Everyone was, like, wor- about it. big time worried about it. Wow. Um, so, I was like, no, I'm not going to miss it. Like, I live there. I'm going to go. Yeah. So, I went... I actually it's met like up. living in the city where a team wins a championship. <laughs> and not being a part of it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I was like, I got I have to go. So I took like I took the train home, I took the train back. I got back at like six thirty ish. I met up with some of my friends who were all Republicans actually. Really? Uh, there were like two that were Democrats. And we're all like together. Mm-hmm. And the whole night, it was, like, this beautiful thing where, like, everyone was just really excited. Yeah. Like, there were a lot of Republicans, Democrats there, but everyone was just, like, really excited. Uh-huh. And I was there, and he won and gave that, like, amazing speech. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? Like, maybe this is what I should do. Like, this is, like, really cool. And, like, the reason I wanted to go into medicine is because I was, like, really sick as a kid. Uh-huh. So, like, 
I was helped out. Like my body's worth like over a million dollars just in like surgeries. Really? What? Yeah. What, yeah. what was your sickness? I, I when I was in sixth grade, I couldn't. I had uh, vertigo, and I couldn't walk for like six months. Like I had Whoa. to relearn how to walk. It's fucked up. That's crazy. And then I got. Was it all like? I don't know how. They, to, they never figured out what it was. Stuff? Whoa! Yeah. So like I was like this stud like soccer player, and then like I couldn't walk for a long time, and then I like gained all this weight and lost it. Fucking crazy. And then you gained it and then relost it. I get well, yeah. So I gained all the weight, and then eighth, because you couldn't move. Yeah. Yeah. And then I in eighth grade I got my tonsils out, and like my heart rate wouldn't go down or my 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 blood pressure wouldn't go down, and they kept checking it, kept checking it. I, my aortic artery was only like 0.4 millimeters open instead of 18 like it's supposed to be. It's just like learning, right? What? I had no pulse in my legs my entire life. I played like this high level travel soccer, like the highest level travel soccer in Illinois, and I had no like pulse in my legs. Ever? Ever. Throughout all that? Yeah. So I had to have heart surgery. Fuck! It's all this stuff that's like, it's one of those things where it's probably like, how was your body functioning? Yeah. But at the same time, you'd probably never known anything different. So no. you're just like, oh, my legs feel weird. Okay, it, let's go play soccer. It's like, I, I like to say that it's like if you were driving a car and you never had power steering, and then all of a sudden oh, you had power steering. Oh, yeah. That's a really good analogy. Yeah. So like, so then that happened, and then I was still like a little bit sick like the first couple of years of high school. Yeah, how but, could you not? You yeah. had a, a heart surgery. Yeah. Actually, getting... Getting my tonsils out was like much longer recovery. The really? heart surgery was just like the oh, worst man. part was Talk like because they, they went in my like leg and like just went up and put a stent in into your aortic artery. artery. Wow! So, the worst part was that they had a huge pressure point on my leg, and when they took it off, the the nurse just like ripped it off. It was like bikini wax. I was like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> right. And, long story short, I was like, I'm not gonna. I'm fucking up at this like biology thing yeah like maybe like this is how i can change people's lives oh that's great so that's that was what started it that's and so awesome after i did that i was like it's not worth paying like almost fifty thousand dollars at loyola when you is a much I'm... better school yeah. so i transferred and, and you and you weren't gonna do pre-med anymore no so that started it all I, wow I, I lived in um during the returns for the 2008 election. Yeah, that's when I decided. That that I, like the next day, so I changed wonderful. my major. Oh, yeah. the next day. Yeah. That's so wonderful. So, so then, like, uh, um, I was at U of I, and I was taking classes, like the in, kind of like intro classes to, mm-hmm. to PolySci because they didn't transfer. Um, and I decided I wanted to go to, there's a summer program in D.C. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to go do that. So you um, ended up doing that in like oh nine? I think it was yeah, eleven. That? It was it was two thousand eleven. Oh summer, okay okay. The okay. summer between my junior year and my senior. Okay year. sorry sorry yeah. yeah. So like it was two thousand eleven that I was there. You know like the people that heckle you on the street from like Save the Children or whatever. Yeah. I was one of those people. <laughs> but I like I was like like the Invisible Children and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. I was like literally the best person at it. <laughs> I raised ten thousand dollars in the summer. Wow! Yeah, fucking crazy. That's remarkable. And I designed like it's funny because now I see uh, one of the organizations. It's called Grassroots Campaigns. It's like grad students. Gra- grassroots. Grassroots yeah. campaign. So you just stand on the street and like tell people about issues that are important. Like they are like really important. Um, 
but and then like ask them for donations for these nonprofits, which like is imp- especially like the ones I was raising for like ACLU mm-hmm. and like the Southern Poverty Law Center, which is a fucking badass nonprofit. Uh-huh. And I actually like helped develop the first one for okay. Southern Poverty Law Center. And now I see them here and they're all fucking up. And I'm like, uh, I'm not going to tell them. Oh, no. <laughs> They'll figure it out. Oh, that's so um, funny. So, so I see them now. I'm like, yeah, whatever. And then I, um, when I graduated, I, I had taken class at U of I. Mm-hmm. When I graduated, it was 2012. Mm-hmm. And one of the girls I lived with in D.C., her name is Susie Wang. Awesome girl. She had left she was a senior at the time and she left her spring semester to intern on the Obama campaign. Okay. So she was in Chicago. She went to school in um, New England, if I'm not mistaken. And so she was in Chicago and like my second semester of senior year, like we, we had kept in contact cause we were roommates, right? Cool. Like, yeah. I lived with like 12 other people Yeah. in one house. In wow. DC, which is cool. cool. Coolest people for a ever. summer. For a summer, when you were all doing similar things, I would think. Yeah, mo- actually, I was like the only one that got paid. All really? of them were interns. It was like this wow. internship program. I didn't necessarily have an internship. It was just like a job where yeah. I chose to learn as much as possible. Cool. From it. Yeah. So it's so yeah. funny that you mentioned this because um, it was the most recent episode I recorded, mm-hmm. but uh, not the most recent that I released, just because I released it slightly out of order. Mm-hmm. But one of the women on the show um, lived in D.C. for a while. Um, right out of college mm-hmm. she was from Virginia originally and she said she like couldn't hack DC because she just didn't she wasn't there for the same reason that a lot of other young people were there yeah and she felt like it was a very specific like social and cultural climate 100% and that's so funny because yeah. what you're describing totally backs up what she was saying it's it's like this young passionate group yeah. of people yeah that like all want the same thing. Yeah. It's very weird. It's not like That's Chicago exactly at all. what she yeah. said. She said yeah. it was very like And the district especially. Because like yeah. it's it's the district and then like Maryland and Virginia right are outside the of it. Sure. Yeah. So like but like the district is just like super young, super successful, so like driven funny. people. Yeah, she was like, I just people. wanted to kinda of like hang yeah. out and be in my early twenties and like no. find myself. No. And I was so in the minority and I was like come back to Chicago and she was she yeah she was originally from the suburbs Mm -hmm. she went to school in Virginia but she kind of like moved around a little bit went to school in Virginia ended up in DC right out of school moved to um Charleston for a while kind of on a whim yeah on a whim met the other two girls who did the podcast together that was like my kind of my connection to them is that I found out they were all from South Carolina, where okay. I'm from as well. Okay. Um, and I was like, cool, we need to talk because there aren't <laughs> that many of us up here. Yeah, yeah. And so the two, the other, it was three girls. Two of them had been in South Carolina for longer than she had, um, but she went moved down there because she just like couldn't hack DC. It was, admittedly, she was like, yeah. it was really nothing. It was just like a totally different culture than I was prepared for. Yeah. So it's so funny to hear you it's totally back 100% that up. 100% confirm that. Weird. Like, it is It is so, and I love it. Yeah. Like I would totally, if not for this whole improv thing that I've some of the time, yeah. um, I would totally move back. That's so funny yeah, to it's, me. It's really great. This is what's keeping you from doing that. Yeah. I'm actually, <laughs> I like, God. So, and some of the great But food. you still, yeah. oh really? Yeah. Good food? Unbelievable. In yeah. D.C.? It's really good. Compared to Chicago? Yeah. Different, wow. different. It's like different mostly American. Okay. So, um, like Chicago is really diverse. Yeah. Um, but DC has kind of the specific niche of like, 
they're really good at like beer and burgers and okay. American food. Okay. So like one of my favorite places is called um, Good Stuff Eatery, <laughs> good which is like stuff. right down the street from the Capitol. Okay. And um, God fucking damn it, it's so good. Yeah. Like they have burgers and milkshakes and like it was right down the street from where I live. I live down the street Just from the Capitol. Classic. And like it was so good. Um. But yeah, so that was, like. So that's. Uh, so Susie Wang. Susie Wang. Um, she was like, we kept in contact and I didn't have a job. Mm -hmm. Like I wasn't going to find one. Yeah. My lifestyle, my senior year, I took like ice skating and like (laughs) one of the classes I took my second semester, I took three not serious classes and then Arab Israeli conflict. Whoa. Which was like the coolest. I took a class in college called terrorism. What? Yeah, fucking awesome. So like, I, I took some badass classes. More stuff about that. Like, like we just studied what terrorism is. So you were a, you were a poli sci major. Yeah, poli okay. sci major. Okay. And like emphasizing international politics. Cool. So I took terrorism. I took Arab Israeli Arab Israeli conflict was one of the that, classes I learned the most from. How could you not? Yeah. I feel like there's so much there to learn that I am so it's ignorant about. It, it's it's like. It's so old. Like, actually, it's not that old. Everyone's like, there. There's this argument that has been existing for like thousands of years. Yeah. it's not. Interesting. Like the um, the Israelis, the, like, Israeli the Jew, Israeli Jews only started to go back in like the late 1800s. Oh. So, um, like Zionist Jews. Okay. Um. So we're still talking first, a couple hundred years, or no, like a like hundred years, years yeah. hundred years. So like they went back, and actually at first it was late like 1800s. they they kind of did it right. They like they went, they recognized that it, like they knew what they wanted to eventually like return to the Holy Land, but like they went back and they um like they lived on the land. They didn't know what the fuck it was. They were from mm-hmm. Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, like that was a great class. Actually, like one of the most interesting things I've ever seen in college. Mm-hmm. Where um, my professor uh, is from Iran, mm-hmm. who they're Persians, like they're not Arabs, mm-hmm. which is a common misconception. Um, like Iranians are not, they don't associate with, with the rest of the Arab world. Interesting. Um, so like he was teaching the class, and we basically just studied like UN documents. Cool. That's, that's it. So like the UN surrounding tra- that so, conflict. Surrounding, like, the establishment of Israel and then, like, the conflicts that happened, the charters that came from those conflicts. And we we basically just studied those documents heavily. We read some other books from, like, writers about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say the, the professor, like, very, very sympathetic to, like, the Palestinians. Yeah, um, sure. While recognizing that, like, like I, the Israelis want something and the Israeli people as a whole are, like, they're just people. Which mm-hmm. is, like, true of everybody. Mm-hmm. So, um, but one of the classes... So that's still, that conflict still boils down to, like, borders yeah. for, like, where land ends for one group of people versus another? Yeah, so in, in 1948, there was a, an agreed-upon border, which is actually, um, it's not the same as, as it is now. So there was an agreed-upon border that, that, like, it carves Israel out of, like, the Palestinian territories. Mm-hmm. I'm drawing this thing with my hand right now. <laughs> I can see it, but no one else can. <laughs> so, so like, it, it carved out Israel, and then there was a, uh, there was the first intifada, the first like conflict that happened, in, like the late late I think it was the late fifties, early sixties, and then there was a reestablished border in the sixties that 
everyone agreed to. Okay. So like both sides, the the conflict ended. They agreed to this border. Okay. Um, the issue now is that Israel thinks that the whole like area of Palestine is Israel. Oh. So the like it's 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 contentious because they agreed that like the Palestinians would have like the eastern part of this this area. Mm-hmm. The Israelis would have this part. But now, like, you hear about settlements all the time. Mm-hmm. It's because, like, the Israeli government goes into Palestine and, like, literally bulldozes, like, Ooh. neighborhoods. And then they'll set up settlements. And, and they're like, this is ours now. And it's not, yeah. And it's not even, like, when you hear when you hear the word settlement, you think of, like, the frontier ranches. Yeah, yeah. They How set, could you not? It's like a whole, like, I'm from Lockport, Illinois. Or okay. Homer Glen, Illinois. It's like setting up Homer Glen, Illinois, and surrounding it by a wall entirely. So it's a whole self-sustaining unit. So those settlements are literally a, they take a in an, a group of people and just bulldoze something and say, "This is ours now." Yeah. The people are living in, and then they sell the land to um, to Israelis. So wow! But, so it's not even yeah. like they. It's like so the Israeli government goes in. Not, not necessarily. It's not like not necessarily government. It, no, it is. But like, it's <laughs> it's so hard to say because I haven't I haven't seen it. I've yeah. read tons about sure. it. Sure. But like, I and it's so contentious for obvious reasons. Yeah. But like, the the issue is that Israel has agreed not to do it. And okay. They, they do it. And they still do. So it. like that's the issue. Sure. And um, the the crux. This is the entire issue is that. The world's population is expanding. Mm-hmm. Um, the state of Israel is reliant on um, having a Jewish majority. Sure. However, the world's population is expanding. Yeah. And people move all the time. Yeah. So it's like, to me, it's like an unrealistic even thing to like to just say, no, we're not going to allow our population no. to ever come, become a major- or minority. Like that, and that's what they say. So, like, eventually, they're they're setting themselves up to have a conflict yeah. down the line, and that's right. what happened. Like, that's what just happened recently too. Um, but, anyways, in class, yeah, this guy, uh, we were talking about. Um, there's essentially a blockade on the Gaza Strip, which is like this little piece of land that's like on the. So Israel um, goes up to the Black Sea or the mm-hmm. Dead Sea, mm-hmm. and. Um, it, it's carved out of Palestine, but on the lower um, southwest side is the Gaza Strip, just mm-hmm. like this little strip of land. And there's essentially like, kind of like, it's not called the, the Israelis obviously don't call it a blockade, but there are like ships that guard that border that are Israeli, and they limit like the food and the water that get into the Gaza Strip. And it's well documented, like the UN even has like brought it up in like official proceedings. Mm-hmm. And that's what we, we had read this report and we were in class and the professor, it was a three hour long once a week class. Wow. So that was my only serious class. That was, was like three hours, killer. one week. I would go to Killer Sky Space Explosions and watch like crazy simulation videos. That's a real yeah, class? Yeah, real fucking class. You took that, ice skating, basket ice skating, weaving. Human sexuality. <laughs> And then fucking, which was in that lecture hall. Oh. So like, and then this class and we were talking about this. Yeah. That's so funny that human sexuality was also kind of a like fun senior, uh, elective for you because it was at 
where I went to school as well. <laughs> this like very small liberal arts college, mm-hmm. and a couple friends were like, "Yeah, I'm taking human sexuality this year." Right, I'm a second semester senior. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Which in that class, I got called out one time so bad because I was like sitting in those fucking tiny lecture hall yeah. seats. I got there early, and I was like. I, I was in sweats, entire sweats, uh-huh. and we were talking about gender, and the teacher's like, you know, I look out on the class, and I can tell who's a girl and who's a guy, because the girls, they're sitting, and they're taking notes, and they're kind of like leaning forward, and then she looks right at me, and then looks away, and then she goes, and the guys are just, sprawled they're just out. sprawled out, <laughs> leaning back in sweatpants, That's and so I'm like, fuck fair. me for coming to class today, fuck That's me for coming so to class. That's so not fair. But anyway. Yeah, because we were talking about oh, this right. before we started recording that like there's just not enough legroom. There's it was no literally legroom. a physical choice. I'm a tall man. Yeah. So I'm sitting in like the way upper back of this 500 person lecture hall, and this this professor calls me out. Not like I went to the class How tall very are often. You? Six four. Okay. So I figured you had to yeah. be six plus. Yeah. So I I didn't go to the class very often. Mm-hmm. Because you were a second semester senior. That's right. So like I had gone to class that day, and I'm like, fuck me for going to class this day. <laughs> But anyways, we're talking about, we're talking about the Gaza the blockade. The Gaza blockade. And this professor like <laughs> says this thing, and he had this stipulation where we couldn't use any electronics in class. Oh wow! Which was cool for me because I actually like paid a lot more attention. Yeah, totally, totally no, works. that is good. That is a good stipulation. Totally works. I feel like I was at the edge of when people really started to be super distracted by electronics in class. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like it was really just in my junior senior year. When did you graduate? Uh, 2010. Okay, yeah. So like people started getting really good smartphones. Yeah. People started. Get using like laptops and Wi-Fi way more, and look at like stream shit in class, and right? Stuff like that, exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. we had Netflix and all that stuff. People didn't like sitting. I feel like that part of the internet and and its usage hadn't even really like permeated culture yeah. in the way that it has in the last couple years. It was like so. 2011, yeah, 2010, 2011 was yeah. like huge for yeah. it. Right. Um, so I feel like I, yeah. I I think I'm really glad that I like missed that because yeah. I think I would have been horribly distracted by all of it, it while is. I was in school. It's, it is so distracting because yeah. it's so good. Because I had a fucking, I just had like a flip NV2 mm-hmm. like Verizon phone and I would still be on it just not like surfing the internet but like texting my friends and yeah. bullshit like that during class. 2008 I had one of those like slider phones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First year of college. <laughs> like, oh yeah, this is fucking cool. Because I had always Hell wanted yeah. a, I had always wanted a razor. Yeah, who did it? So bad. It's like, oh my god, that phone is so thin and it keeps Keeps getting thinner. Yeah. How? Yeah. So I had I I had like the Nextel brick, mm-hmm. and then I went to college, and I was like, "Fuck it, oh, I'm yeah. getting AT and T, mom." <laughs> <laughs> so I did, and, but but yeah. So like, oh. So he wouldn't let you have electronics. So, so Back he to the he wouldn't let us have electronics. And this kid, he blockaded you from having electronics in class. That's right. <laughs> this this kid, he's talking about this blockade, uh-huh. and he. This kid's like, um, I just want to say that this is not true. And like called the professor out. And this guy is like a really nice guy. Um, he kind of, he kind of, he's kind of prickly, but I mean. Prickly? He's a prickly professor. Oh. Like, you know, we're like, he, he was like so nice to me. And so like, uh-huh. if he ever had a question, he would answer it. Like uh-huh. he could tell when you were like very genuinely like looking to learn. Uh-huh. And it's a very like. He but if you tried to bullshit class. with him, he wouldn't no, deal with it. Okay. Absolutely not. Okay. So like this kid was like, this is bullshit, basically. And 
he pulls his phone out of his pocket and he goes, I have this article right here that um, says that that's not true and I want to talk about it. And the professor goes, first of all, you're pulling off a random website on Google to try to refute this argument that the UN supports. Yeah. And they got into like this verbal argument where like this kid was like, you know, you're just like, you're just saying all these things to try to like manipulate these these people to like believe that the Palestinians, oh, no. like you're ba- he's basically called him an anti-Semite in class. Oh no. And so like all this went down and he's like, you know, if you don't want to learn the stuff that I'm teaching, like you can leave. And he just like, the kid just like walked out of class and he's like, if anyone else agrees with him on how I'm teaching the class, you can leave too. And this girl who like never paid attention to the fucking class, like walked out after him. Yeah. It was like a class of like 12 people. Wow. So like walked out after him and he like slammed the door behind them. It was like fucking asshole. <gasps> and then he, he's like, we're on break. <laughs> oh my and gosh. I like, I wrote a letter to the Dean afterwards cause I knew this was going to blow up. Yeah. Like, big time. The kid, the guy who pulled out his phone was going to make a stink out of it. Yeah. He eventually wrote a blog about it that got like viral almost in like right-leaning circles. Yeah. And so I, I, after the class, I wrote a letter to the dean being like, hey, I know that you're going to get a complaint about this, but like this kid, it, it was like halfway through the class. Yeah. I was like, this kid has been asking questions that are like really disruptive and obviously partisan. Like, oh. like, and it's like disruptive Good for to me. You. And so like, I, I, I don't I, want his opinion to be like the only voice that comes out of this class. Yeah. Or to like get him thrown out. Cause I, I, I had taken a class actually, it was called American presidency with the same professor before. Oh, so I like, interesting. Yeah. So I, I was like, no, this, this can't, I can't not say anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, I thought no- nothing of it. I wrote the letter. I was like, I did the right thing. Good for you. Um, and then when I was in Colorado working on the Obama campaign, I got this random email. When from was that? That was the summer of 2012. Oh, wow. So right I, after you graduated. Yeah. Oh, we have to get back we to Susie Wang. We never talked about Wang. Susie Wang. We never finished talking about I promise about Susie you, Wang. Susie Wang, we're going to get back to you. But, <laughs> I was like, wait. We never talked yeah. No, oh. she comes up multiple times. Ooh, we in this, we in this lost it. Birthing story. Okay. Um, okay. So. <laughs> so you got me. an email. I got an email while from you're just in Colorado. Like, hey, hey, Bill. Like from your professor. Yeah. I'm like, he's like, I hope everything's well. I just really wanted to say, like, I um, I found out about the letter that you wrote to the dean, and I like really appreciate it. Aww. You didn't have to do that. And I was like, he's like, if you need anything, he actually eventually I applied for a PhD, political science programs and stuff. And he, like, wrote me letters of recommendation. That's awesome. But he eventually left the university, I think, because of it. Really? Yeah. So it's, like, really Because of the... Ex- because, do you feel like he was, like, kind of pressured to, or... I mean, maybe. So, like, that's not the first time... It's hard time, to know. It's not the first time I had, like... I mean, if you're in a school at a university, like, people gossip all the time. Yeah. And with this professor, like, people were like, oh, well, he's really extreme. I'm like, I don't think he is. Like, he just... Literally, we studied what the UN said. Like, in America, it might be extreme, but that's just, like, what they say. But it's... It, wow. It's a valid thing to study if you're studying international shit. Yeah, like, how could stu- it not be? Yeah. yeah. Man, that's yeah. crazy. So that was that was Especially, cool. this is in 
a blue state. Yeah. Like, this is in for all intents well, and purposes. I don't know how much you know about Illinois. It's that, like, so the, so Chicago is very blue, but the rest of it's very red. It's a different place. Yeah. Like, basically. Well, I, see, here's the thing is, like, I'm from South Carolina. Yeah, oh, fuck. There's nothing blue about and South Carolina. Mary, Mary Beth, I have, like, family from there. Uh-huh. Sweet Jesus. <laughs> you are, like, an angel in this, like, hellish place. Where's your family from? Um... They're from, what's the big city in the west side of the state? Uh, Greenville? Greenville. That's where I went to school. Oh, shit. Yeah. Well, they're crazy. Furman, South, Furman University yeah. in Greenville, South Carolina. Furman, South Carolina. Furman. Furman. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's funny, though. They're I mean, crazy. Really? Like, insane <laughs> really? people. Yeah, and have completely morphed my view of, like, most people oh, from the no. south. Greenville's <laughs> actually a really cool part of the state, too. I'll never go back. Oh, no. They... My um my mom's mom, my grandma, who I was like closest with of all, like there were thirteen she had thirteen grandkids, I was the closest with her. Wow. When she died, they came to they stole a bunch of money from her when she was like dying. Oh, fun no. times. But they came to the wake, they bought a fucking dog on the way to the wake and were like bringing people out to see it. And I confronted my like coked out aunt and was like, You need to like you are That's the insane. worst and like, person. Why are you doing this? Yeah. So whatever. Your mom's sister? My mom. No, it was my mom's brother's wife. Oh, okay. So not bro- blood related. Yeah. Whew. But anyways, oh, let's go back to Susie man, Wang. That's let's crazy. get back to sweet. I want to talk to you about everything. I know. Susie Wang. Susie Wang. Susie Wang. So I was in college, and Susie Wang texted me like, "Hey, what are you doing after college?" And, and I was you're like, "Hell, if I know." I don't, I don't yeah. know. She's like apply for an internship on the Obama campaign. I'm like, okay. Yes. I did. And I got the internship. The headquarters were um, at the Prudential building in the loop. Okay. So I uh, show up on the first day. I was actually reading um, The Audacity of Hope. Oh, yeah. Or no, I was reading The Audacity to Win, which was written by the guy who ran his first campaign, David Pluff. Okay. And I was reading that on the train. I'm reading about um, like all of these people. Um, one of them is Mitch Daniels. They like won the campaign for him. Uh-huh. And the yeah, first I'm familiar person, with the name Mitch Daniels. The first person least. that comes in in our orientation is that guy. Oh my god! And I'm like, holy fuck, this is real. Okay, this, this is, is really happening. Real. And I wasn't. How assigned. many people were like there as interns? In that session, yeah. there was like 50 of us. Okay, I figured there were, it had to be a, there a were, decent number. There were like 200 interns, like a thousand staff, in one floor of the Prudential Building. It was an insane place. Wow. Um, it was really, really cool. But when I first, when I was an intern, I was just hired on as like, uh, the department that I was in is called 270, which is the total amount of votes you need to win. Cool. Um, electoral votes. Uh-huh. Which is just like outreach ground, ground game. Cool. So I was hired on as a 270 intern and I get there and the guy who ran um, the intern program, David Dietz, he... Like, I didn't have a spot. Like, I was hired on as an intern, but I was just an extra intern. Wow. Susie had just put my name on his desk and was like, hire this person. Oh, my God. Because I was so I was so good at, like, ground. The, yeah, yeah, from, right. The grassroots lived, stuff. When she yeah, lived yeah. in ABC. So she knew that. Yeah. And was just like, yeah, do this. That's and so funny. So, That's so cool, too, that, like, it's so nice to know that, and I feel like, Oh, man. Being, you know, in the improv community and in the comedy community, 
I feel like this happens more often than not when the people who like really show up are good at what they do are good people easy mm. to work with that kind of thing happens for them yeah. like that kind of hey this guy like i feel like the more that kind of thing can happen the better it yeah. is <laughs> so 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 much yeah like and i see it too like like it always happens mm-hmm. like even with 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 angela like mm-hmm. i mean the only reason i was casting that is because like I'm really good friends with all of the people who were creating it, who wrote it. And like, they had this role they thought I was going to be good at. And they just like cast me. I was like, fucking thank God. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, so I show up, I don't have a spot. And, um, this one, like I was just sitting literally at, uh, his name is David Dietz. Could just call him Dietz. Sitting at Dietz's desk for like a half hour, just sitting there twitting my thumbs. He's like, I'll find you a spot, whatever. Yeah. And uh, this woman walks by, and she's like, "Who are you?" Oh. Um, I'm like, I'm Bill. I, I'm petrified. Yeah, of course. I'm Bill, and I'm petrified. Yeah. Um, it's the first thing you did out of school, period. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yes. God, what a scary time. Yeah. And was it? And like, the, how soon was it after you had graduated? It was like a week. Okay, I yeah. was gonna say it couldn't have been very long. Either. No. So like, I'm sitting, oh. and we had just gone through this orientation where, like, basically all they told us was like. You probably posted on social media this morning that you were coming to this internship. Don't ever post anything ever again. Like, like so strict. They were. It was very disciplined, which is why we eventually won. Wow. Um, but I'm sitting there just terrified after this thing. Like, I'm probably fucking up right now. Yeah. Um, but this woman walks by. She's like, who are you? I'm like, I'm, I'm Bill. I'm an intern at 270. She's like, who do you report to? I'm like, I don't know. Deets is about to figure that out. Right. And she's like, no, you're my intern. <gasps> She's like, she's like, yeah, you're my intern. She's like, I um, got you now. Yeah, her name is uh, Andrea Bazan. Okay. Um, so the the office was broken up into regions. I was in uh, the south, mm-hmm. south region. So our department had like a political chief, uh, ground chief, um, communications chief, advanced. So like the people that would plan the events like in that region. So, like, a person dedicated to, like, each section of the campaign for that region. Okay. Andrea wow. Andrea was the one who led the groundwork and, like, community outreach and engagement specifically for um, the constituencies. So, youth, African Americans, Latinos. Sure. Um, so, I was, I was her intern. Did scheduling, um, took notes, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. learned so much i can't imagine like yeah. like every day was like great i yeah. worked full-time 100 full-time it was unpaid but like i was gonna say but you weren't getting paid were no. you and i was commuting i was living in my parents house in homer Glen, which is a two-hour commute by it's a 20 minute 20 minute car ride to the train an to the hour metra. yeah an hour train ride and then like a 20 minute walk from there to as you said you heard me talk about like that's basically what my um baxter commute was for my first job in chicago it's terrible it was like 20 to 30 minutes to get to the metro an hour on the train and then 20 to 30 minutes on the other side and i wasn't getting paid so like (laughs) i was getting paid really well that's the only reason i did it (laughs) so like but i I hated my job and i didn't really learn anything from it like in that way they were very different like i i i wasn't getting anything uh i wasn't getting anything but finances out of that job for with the small exception of like three really wonderful people that i met 
that I'm still friends with today. Yeah. Um, it's like the opposite. So you're yeah, getting paid yeah. and not, like, yeah. not loving and it. I, I was like, I could do this forever. Yeah. I wish somebody would pay me. Right. I have a plan at my desk, and so does my partner. And her her plan is Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and mine is Clarence Thomas. Oh, this God. is my dream. Oh God. Um, yeah. So, it was so oh, that was so different. It but, was so different. God, it so was our great. commute was the same, but our experience was so, the opposite. So different. <laughs> so different. But like, it was it was crazy. And actually, like, the, the second weekend that I was working on the campaign was when um, there was a recall election in Wisconsin. Wow. The Scott Walker recall. Yeah. And I went up there and worked it, and, God, it was bad. Like, I saw, like, voter suppression, like, firsthand, oh where, like, God. we were at this polling place, and, like, there were poll, like, you can be a poll observer if you're associated with a party, mm-hmm. but you can't like do it. You just observe and see if anything's going going on. And we had like lawyers on our team, so there were some from our side, some from the Republican side. Um, we showed up at like polling place at like six a.m. Mm-hmm. I drove to Milwaukee so fucking early. Yeah, and, Jesus. And so like we were out, and we were at this polling place for like three or four hours. This big public library in the middle of Milwaukee, and um, this woman who was from the Republican National Committee showed up at like 10 a.m. and gets on her phone immediately and calls the police on this woman who's complaining because she was at this she was at this library told it was the wrong polling place walked a mile to a different polling place was told that that was the wrong polling place that the the public library was her polling place so she came back and then they were still telling her it wasn't the right place so she was upset yeah this woman called the cops saying that she was disrupting the like electoral process, oh, which police are not Come allowed. On. They're not allowed within a hundred feet of a polling place. Really? Yeah, legally not allowed unless there's like some emergency. Or right. Something. So, um, three squad cars showed up, and and then a fourth car with plain clothes, like suited police officers, showed up. They were standing outside the door. This is in like a heavily urban area of Milwaukee. So like, I watched people walk up and then be like, "Oh, police, fuck that, walk away." <sighs> And they wouldn't leave. She, you think she purposefully did it? Absolutely. Oh so my like, god! That was like my first experience of being like seeing it firsthand. Oh yeah. my god! But, so like our lawyers like worked on it, and like we were constantly saying like you should not even be in here as police officers. Like take this woman out if you're going to question her. Take her outside. Take it out of the yeah. Yeah. So that was fuck. That's crazy. Firsthand learning. Yeah. Like, like seeing that. So I was working at at headquarters. Uh, the coolest thing that I did there, um, one of the, our fellow interns, um, was deaf and she, it was me, Andrea, her, her name is Leah Katz Hernandez, um, her interpreter, Evra Ivy, who, um, we'll get back to her. (laughs) Um, and then this guy, Todd, we developed the very first, uh, people with disabilities campaign outreach program. Cool. That's awesome. Uh, Man. How cool is that? So awesome. So like, and for me, like my mom is a special ed teacher. My sister went into that. that. My mom went to school for special ed as well. Yeah. So like, to me, it's like, this is great. Like, that's really cool. Kind of coming full circle. Um, So yeah, like that was a great experience. And in like July of the summer, I, Susie had stopped. This summer? Of that summer. That's 2012. Um, like Susie had gone out to Colorado to organize because mm-hmm. it was a big battleground state. 
in July, I get a call from her randomly. I'm like walking to lunch. I get a call from her randomly. She's like, hey, how long are you going to be an intern for? Come to Colorado. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know if I could do that. Like, uh... I was dating this girl long distance at the time. And I was like, it already sucks. Like, I don't know if I could do that. And I was like, you know what? I'm not making any money here. I know I would be good at this. I'm just going to fucking go. So in August, I went to Colorado for a for paid the position? Obama campaign. Yeah, for a paid position yeah. to organize in North Denver, which was awesome. That is awesome. Um, I've never been to Colorado, but oh, it's it great. seems like such a great it's state. So good. It's I've been so to Seattle a, mm-hmm. a number of times, and one like re- this past summer over um, Labor Day weekend, and it was fucking great. <laughs> I've never been there. I need to go. Yeah, yeah. One of, uh, I know people over there. <laughs> uh, that's another really long story that I don't even yeah, want to touch on. it wouldn't be worth it. Yeah. Um, but Colorado was great. I lived in North Denver in this town called Thornton. It's like a suburb, near suburb. It's like yeah, 20 minutes north of there. Like Thornton sounds familiar to me. It's but... kind of like, um, I'm trying to compare it to somewhere. It's kind of like Cicero okay. in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, similar economic, social, social makeup. Mm-hmm. Um, I live there. I live with these two tremendous women um, who are partners. A lot of cool women part, in your political history. Ex- they're part, partners. Um, so Susie Wing brought me out there. I didn't work in the same office as her, but she, like, yeah. Um, so I live with these women. I was organizing there. Um, it was going great. It's the first time that a Democrat held... Colorado in two consecutive elections. Oh, that's um, awesome. I registered like so many voters. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, it was great. It was a really great experience. That's so cool. I met a lot of fantastic people. How long were you there? I was there for almost two months. I was there like, from, it was, the, summer. It was the beginning of August. I actually left early because that was when my grandma got really sick. Oh. Um, and like we were super close and the job, the job itself for all of you budding political people out there, yeah. um, working on a political campaign is probably the worst job for your life that you can do. Aww. Really rewarding. Um, but like, I would wake up at 8, and I would get to my office at 9. Or no, I'd wake up at 7, I would get to my office at, at 8 or 8.30. We would have a call at 9. I would work at least until 10 p.m. every day, usually later. And I would go home. I'd go to sleep and then I would repeat every Monday day. Monday through Friday or no, every, every day, day, every single day. One of my best friends from my childhood actually lived in the same town. How as did me you randomly. get paid? Not well. <laughs> was it hourly? No, it was salary, but like it was like thirty-three thousand dollars a year or something like that. So it didn't come out for very a couple much. months when you were working. Yeah. Fuck, 60, but 70 hour weeks. I had 80 a, hour no, weeks. like one hundred and ten hours a week. But I had a host. I had a host family, so I didn't pay rent. I didn't oh, like. I didn't do anything. That's that. good. Yeah, Sue and Nancy Erickson, who are the greatest ladies the of all time. They, lived in. Yeah. Oh, they had pet ducks in the backyard. Dancing. When I would take a shower, the shower had a window that went to the backyard, and ducks are friends. <laughs> they talk. I could hear them like talking back and forth to each other, and when they would like swim around in their little bucket. And they'd be like, mar, mar, This mar. is like a time the ducks have come up in your political history that, as well. Well, I guess like, the first one was uh, improv. improv right, yeah. right, right, ducks right. led me to do improv. Right, 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 right. Um, but, so, ducks, they were like, mar, 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 
we're like laughing at each other. What the fuck? That's um, so funny. So yeah, so that that happened. I came home in, I think it was like, it was either early October, towards the end, late September, early October. Yeah. A couple two years ago um, now. Yeah. Um, I came home. That girl dumped me, and I was unemployed. <laughs> and so, and my grandma died. Aww. Low point. Low point. I joined End of Mrs. 2012. I, Not my a grandma good died t- the day after my birthday. My birthday is December 11th, and she died. I woke up on my birthday, and my dad goes, I lived in the basement. Classic Obama voter. <laughs> uh, basement of his uh, dad's house. Lived in the basement with my parents. And <laughs> I go walk up the stairs and my dad's retired and he goes, Bill, I have good news and bad news. It's my birthday. I'm like, this is bad. <laughs> and he, I'm like, what's the good news? He's like, it's, it's your, your birthday. birthday. I'm like, oh, fuck. That was the wrong choice. And then he's like, your grandma's not really, really not doing well. Um, she died the next day. Um, another long story involving that. But um, So it was like a low point. But then that was when... I like I texted Mike being like, Hey, like I, I wanna get back into improv. Yeah. And I got picked up on Ulysses like yeah. pretty shortly after that. Yeah. Um at the same time I, I had emailed Andrea after the election, who was the person who like just picked me right, up. Right, right, who passed by Dietz's office. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was like, So like what are you doing right now? Whatever. She actually left the election um the campaign when I did. Oh wow. But she left to become uh like vice president of united way where i now work cool oh you work for united way cool so i um my dad did so much volunteer work for the united way when i was growing up and uh down in south carolina Carolina. (laughs) the butthole of america um this is (laughs) someone saying charleston is beautiful charleston is the best part about south carolina um but, uh, yeah, so my dad, this is, like, actually a pretty bitter thing that I, I was just telling someone this the other day because they were telling me about how they never, uh, got a degree, mm-hmm. a college degree, and I had never known that about him, and mm-hmm. I have known him for a long time, um, and I was so surprised, and I was like, honestly, like, I, a lot of me, like, doesn't think that it really matters, and he was very, very close, like, he only had a few credits, like, if he went back to school, he could easily finish it up, um, and my dad is the same way, my dad doesn't have a college degree, um, and my dad uh, applied for a job at United Way um, and went through the entire interview profi- process, got to the final interview. Very extensive. Had been doing all, like, everyone at the United Way knew who he was. He had done so much work for them over the years. Like, my dad is just this, like, beautifully selfless person. Mm-hmm. Um and uh well he has to be (laughs) that's very sweet um but he um he didn't get the job and it went to this person who um he didn't think was as uh qualified as he was but they did have a college degree and it was kind of around Lindsey Graham isn't it it was Lindsey Graham Graham. I know it's always fucking Lindsey Graham Lindsey Graham no the funny thing is though that like um we my family is kind of like um a, a a ted more involved in the average family in south carolina politics and my mother works for a law office mm-hmm. so um oh, one of the yeah. one of the other lawyers has run for like multiple smaller seats um he won one and like lost another one um one of them one of the lawyers is now a judge like they're no longer a lawyer 
Um, so that was like a seat that she like thought she was going to have to campaign for and then found out it was uncontested basically. Um, so it's still kind of like affecting the fate of the lawyer's office, but my parents are, well, my dad, especially very red state, very Republican, very Mm -hmm. conservative. Mm -hmm. And I remember, uh, and when you told me this was your topic, I was like, oh man, this is going to be fun. But like my dad's not going (laughs) to like listening to it. Um, so, but he's come a long way in the last... 10 years or so, especially like social, socially, oh, yes. Everyone has. in, in social yeah. politics. And it's been a very, very beautiful, like warm thing for me to experience. And, uh, the country has, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's amazing, but it's just like me and, uh, growing up and hearing my dad talk about how he thought marriage was only between a man and a woman was very disheartening to me as like, I don't know when that started, when I, that was like one of the first political thoughts I ever started to have. And even one of the mo- first, like, um, like questioning religious thoughts I had ever started to have yeah, was yeah. like hearing people talk about how they thought marriage was only between a man and a woman and I was like man I just don't think that's right like who cares <laughs> I just can't get behind that and, and, I, and I would like bite my tongue where my dad was concerned just cause like I didn't want to get into it yeah. this is this is a big a big part of my like political this I guess this whole thing is gonna be like my response yeah. to politics <laughs> Um, a big part of my, like, political experience is that just that I've never wanted to, like, rock the boat. Because yeah. I'm very much, like, a peacekeeper. And I've never had strong enough opinions on most things to, uh, like, be vocal and just want to get into a discussion about it. Because yeah. I'd rather just be like, man, you think what you think, man. Like, <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Um, so, trust me. Trust me. Yeah. I know. I'm sure I you do. I don't. I, like, I'm as much sure as I have. I'm sure you do. I have opinions. Yeah. But man. And that has to be even worse yeah. is is being a very well informed, very like having opinions on all these things and still not wanting to like get into those kinds of arguments. Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah, but so um that uh so I love my dad very much. I always have. Um and uh he's always been this like beacon of intelligence and um and personality and everything to me and I think I'm a lot like him. So, first of all, seeing him not get that position when I very much, like, believed that he should have, when many people in our hometown believed that he should have, you know, like, everyone kind of saw him as, like, one of the faces of the United Way, like, that's how involved he was with the organization. Second of all, seeing my dad say things like this, like, um, uh, about about gay marriage and about a couple of other topics, but like that was a big main one for me, because yeah. um, I just didn't care and I just didn't see why it mattered. I I guess that like proves that like the religion thing didn't really get too much into me as much as it maybe did with him. Trust me, trust me. I think it put our whole generation <laughs> off to the yeah. whole fucking idea. Yeah, like, I really think it did like, too. Well, well, you guys just care too much about right like why is yeah. this so bad and like i used to lecture at my church yeah like, i was yeah. i was very uh what um denomination were you roman catholic okay i was yeah. episcopalian okay catholic yeah, yeah. Life. Mm-hmm. uh yeah catholic as soon as life. as soon as you said lecture i was like okay mm-hmm. <laughs> we're like religious kissing cousins <laughs> at least um so but yeah like i think i've talked about this on the podcast before and if i haven't it it uh it definitely bears telling, and if I have, it bears repeating, I think. Um, not this past Christmas, but the Christmas before, so almost two years ago now, my grandmother was talking about how um, this uh, gay couple used to live across the street from her in the house that my parents grew up in. 
or my dad grew up in, excuse me, um, and his brothers and sisters grew up in, across the street from there, uh, uh, this wonderful, warm, um, gay couple, uh, lived there for, like, a year or two, not even very long, and my grandmother graciously, like, had them over to her house, we met them, they adopted these two beautiful children, had this really lovely family, and as far as I knew, at the time, I was, like, in my mid-teens, I would say, and I was like, this is real cool, like, Mm -hmm. this Mm -hmm. is so cool and so accepting and awesome, and, like, I was so, like, jazzed that my family was was super cool with it, because we have, I have, I come from a pretty conservative family and pretty conservative background, but, like, But then it doesn't match when you, like, go, like, my, like, my family, while Roman Catholic and from, like, Chicago, Uh it's also, like, they're brought up conservative. I was going like, to say, which is also like probably grew, very yeah, conservative. They grew up on the South Side, like, during the race riots. Wow, so, yeah. Like, like, yeah, like, it's, there was, like, they're Irish. Yeah. Like, white Irish. Mm-hmm. And then, like, African Americans were moving South. Mm-hmm. And, like, actually, my family is part of, like, if you hear about the white flight, like, yeah. we are the white flight. We moved Whoa. out in, like, the early 90s to the far away fucking suburbs. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So anyway, sorry. But yeah. no, no, it's okay. Uh, I'm I'm talking more than I probably should be, but this is like no, my go. this is like the crux of some of my political experience, especially where my family is concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, but my my grandmother was talking about this family, um, that and it was like years after she had lived across the street from them, and she was like, "Man, they were so nice." But I just don't know if I agree with the fact that they were able to, like, adopt those children. Because those children didn't get to choose that they were the, they were, like, the children of gay parents. And I was, granted, my grandmother is 90 years old. Yeah. It was at the time. There's no going back. 90. Yeah. And my father is sitting next to her and he just looked over at her. It was only the three of us left at the dinner table at the time. My father looks over at her and he said, Mom, you adopted me. <laughs> I didn't get to choose what family I was adopted oh my into, God. and what? and I was just like, oh, oh shit! Fuck. Like, I was Why just like, oh so shit! Here? I know, I know. So like, it was this really weird moment because as soon as my grandma said it, that was my first thought too. Yeah, I was like, well, my dad, my my dad's siblings were not adopted, but he was. He yeah. was the first kid, and it was like before they were sure they could have kids. Yeah, that whole like weird, you know, miracle baby type story that they yeah. had three other kids. Yeah. So, my dad's sitting here, and I'm across the hill from both of them, and my dad says it to her, and my grandma's just kind of, like, searching for words, and she's like, well, I know, but I just don't know if I agree with two men, and, like, kind of starts to go off on this thing, and my dad kind of stops her and, like, interrupts her, and I don't know where this is going, because as far as I know, my dad is still kind of, like, a dyed-in-the-wool, red-state Republican against gay marriage, like, all this stuff, and my dad's like, you know, Mom... I used to believe that. I used to believe that, like, that um, uh, that gay couples shouldn't be able to get married and, uh, and they shouldn't be able to adopt. But, like, I firmly believe now that when your generation is gone and when my generation is gone, these will no longer be issues. And I was, oh, and I man. just like immediately started crying. That's a, the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. I just, I just like on the spot started crying because I. I was like, "That's amazing." Because I looked at my dad and I said, "You didn't use it. You no. didn't used to believe that." And he was like, "No, I didn't." But like times have changed, and I've been watching, and like I've been growing and learning. I mean, that's 
that's a little like paraphrased, but all that other stuff is almost verbatim. And I was just floored. But that's the conversation that like is happening across the country. Yeah. And like bring it back to the election that just happened. Yeah. Like the As as I expected it to the issues the issues that passed individually mm-hmm. e- even in, in illinois where it's like people voted when they see the issues they vote to mm-hmm. say that contraception should be covered by insurance yes right they vote for minimum wage to go up yeah they vote for higher tax the three uh-huh. percent for the increase for millionaires. millionaires um all of the like they, yeah. social democratic uh, they're all very liberal things. Yeah. Like, very much so. And there but was then, a lot of talk that those were only on the ballot to try to get Democratic voters to come out. That's exactly what it was. Um, and that's that's why the state, like, Congress did that. Um, because, <laughs> but in, it, in my opinion... I don't know if it worked. Opinion, it, didn't, it didn't work <laughs> because, like, just like in 2010, our generation just didn't show up. Yeah. And you know, it's just pointing. Uh, no, I know. Hey, this is so funny because yeah, I got this thing in the mail. I got this voter thing in the mail, and it says, "Your vote history, November tw- two thousand eight, voted because I mm-hmm. voted in my first presidential election that I could, mm-hmm. oh, November no. twenty ten, no, no. votes, twenty twelve, again voted because mm-hmm. I was like another did presidential election. I did vote. I did vote on yes. Tuesday. I did vote. You know who didn't vote? I found out about this yesterday. Joe Underbaki, I'm calling oh, you out. Come on, Joe. Calling you out, Joe. Come on, and he even Joe. Said, he even said he's like, I just don't get it. And you know what? That's a completely reasonable. Sure. Thing. Like there, and that's actually. Like, I what felt happened. borderline guilty for voting because I felt under-informed. Yeah, and it's hard to be informed. Yeah. So I almost, I was very, very close, and I just let it go too long. I should have done it on like Sunday or Monday mm-hmm. and been like, Hey guys, can someone? Point me to a summary of the things that I will be voting for on yeah. Tuesday. There's a great, there's there's a couple of great website resources. I wish I had there. done it. So what are those? Um, there's one that I I am very inclined to toward. It's called Ballotpedia. Okay. Um, Ballotpedia.org. Um, it's just like Wikipedia, but for all things elections. Right. Every Sounds election. Amazing. Everything breaks it down, breaks down the candidates. All the, oh, all the, that sounds so things. good. I should have looked at that and one, I didn't put enough time into one it. One that I actually posted on Facebook and got a lot of attention the last like week uh-huh. um, that just came up is called yourfuckingpollingplace.com. Oh, I loved that. So I good. used it. I used God. it. <laughs> My polling place is the fucking Salvation Army. Really? <laughs> Mine's at church. The fucking church? Yeah. Yeah. I, I showed it to some people I worked with and it was like yeah, the it was fucking like, Baptist church. Mine was like, like the fucking Christ Apostolic yeah. Church or something like, like that. This is so blasphemous. I don't it was know, brilliant. Did you see? So brilliant. If you happen to scroll to the bottom of the page, uh-huh. the best part of the entire website is at the very bottom. I think I did, it, but go it ahead. It just said... This shit was created by these motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah I did see that. <laughs> like their Twitter handles. Yeah, I did see that. And I'm it was like, like more... You, wait, I should tweet all four of these people. I followed them. You did? I followed them instantly. Yeah, Good it's for like you. motherfucker. But yeah, so like, like it's not an unreasonable Your thing to say. Your fucking polling place. So great. Mm, I like... My my little fucking soul is touched by that Brilliant. Thing. Totally brilliant. Like, the, but it's the, the nature of... Um, it, and it... For me, it goes very deep into like American society. Mm-hmm. So um, there's there's been a lot of studies done about like the effectiveness of our work based on like how much TV we watch wow. and like how spe- like specific shows. So like Weird. if you watch 
a lot of like reality television, you're uh-huh. more inclined to um, like support various things. Yeah, I've seen this before. So yeah, like, like they showed like more Republican shows versus more Democratic shows. Yeah. 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 So like when issues pop up, we're looking for buzzwords. We're mm-hmm. looking for big stories, big conflicts, and we're moving from we're moving from conflict. I mean, Congress right now is moving from con- conflict to conflict to conflict to crisis to crisis to crisis, which is a big problem because no one can govern when that happens. Mm-hmm. So um, one of the things that happened last year that was huge, one of the first, it, I think it was the first time it ever happened, like the government shutdown. Oh, yeah. That was something that, um, I mean, it depends on how you look at it, I guess. depends on how you look at it. But um, in my my opinion, the Republicans were completely behind it. Like, like, like they... Classic, showing up to a polling place and calling the cops. It's so bad. (laughs) It's like, what what happened was that... Something that Ronald Reagan started, which is like we had reached the debt ceiling, which is this thing that's an imaginary made up thing by man. Right. That doesn't really like. Well, I mean, so is money. Yeah, right. (laughs) So, um, like, the debt ceiling has been raised like so many times. Mm -hmm. So many times. And before, I think it was before the end of the Bush presidency, it was never used in any political sphere. It was just done. Because, like, if we didn't. Yeah, if we didn't raise it our credit would be, like, fucked. Like, we would be really, like, our credit would be lowered. Like, interest rates nationally would go up. Oh, because so, if, if we didn't just keep increasing what the um, overall debt was. The limit, yeah. Which doesn't necessarily, like, that in the short term, may, maybe it depends on, and there's a lot of theories behind it. But, like, the long-term impacts could be bad. Mm-hmm. Could be devastating. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the short term, there's really no impact of increasing the debt limit, which is mm-hmm. why like Republicans and Democrats whereas, have always whereas done. the short term uh, uh, effects of not lowering of Are not hiding it would be terrible. Yeah, so, which is what happened. So um, the the Republicans refused to um, agree to they were in the House. They refused to raise debt ceiling <sighs> until they got their specific budget demands, which they eventually went back on and raised it anyways. Like, I think it was like a 13-day thir- a government shutdown. Yeah. Um, which cost billions of dollars. Yeah, isn't that work. so ridiculous? I mean, it costs a lot of money to run the government, but the difference between what it costs to run and what we lost, $24 billion. So that happened a year ago. Huge thing. And all along the way, like, I forgot that happened. The way that the way that the government is supposed to work is that, um, the president, the president of the United States is supposed to be like the foreign policy chief. Mm -hmm. He's the commander in chief. That's his job. Mm -hmm. Um, the, the house and the Senate are supposed to be where, um, legislation originates because, the people elect them, so they're supposed to support initiatives sure. that the people support. That's the idea, yeah. Um, so they're supposed to propose legislation that, I mean, in a perfect world, in a two-party system, like the Democrats, Republicans propose bills, they come to compromise on those bills, those bills go to the president, the president approves it, disapproves, or, or vetoes it. Sure. Um, That's what, the, uh, yeah. what, the, by... Cameral. By Cameral. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> so, so like... It's what, a poli-sci at some point. That's right. You went to a liberal arts college. I did. 
but what's happened, what was ended up happening is that over time, because of, um, in, in my view, is this manipulation of, of like the media, um, and mostly due to like cable news, like all yeah. they do is run these like crisis. Wow. And it's like, what, if you watch MSNBC and Fox News, like, or CNN even, like they all do it. It's terrible. It's, it's really it's bad. Baffling. Like I watch MSNBC, but the whole time I'm like, fuck this. You're still yeah. angry, even like, though God you like these people. Uh, you're yeah. on their side. <laughs> yeah. So like I, I watch it. I'm like, this is bullshit. Um, but what's what has happened is that there are like there are extremes of both parties, but um, I don't I don't know whether it happened under Clinton or under Bush. But the right side got pulled farther to the right, and the left side got pulled in because of the financial influence. Oh. So the financial influence has pulled the Democrats more towards the center. Sure. So like Barack Obama, in in my view, is not he's more of an independent than a Democrat. Interesting. Like he supports he supports the like complete liberal social views. Mm-hmm. Um and uh before he became president and got into the practical nature of things, was also liberal uh, in fiscal policy. But, but now, once you're, you can't, that's like, you that's can't do kind it. of like where, yeah. I mean, ugh, I saw people saying after this, um, after the, after election day, saying that like, electing Obama was like the worst thing that the country could have done for itself, just because like people have seen his, uh, his effects being as like, well, he didn't fix it, so we gotta go back to being red. Which is fucking bullshit. It's so because dumb. Because he's decreased the deficit by like an insane amount. Unemployment has dropped. Is like plummeted. Like yeah. So like all of those things about. I mean, I could go on and on about yeah, like sure. fiscal policy. I'm sure. Like. Like, That's the kind of thing the guy, that I expected to oh, touch on. I'm kind of glad that we didn't. Because, <laughs> like, I've been talking about it way too much. Yeah. And it's, like, really upsetting. Like, the, the Republican fiscal policy is just, like, to deregulate everything. Yeah. And then things like the financial yeah, crisis. Like the Republican policy yeah. in general. Yeah, the financial crisis happens. Yeah. Like, the top, the top, one of the top stories today is that J.P. Morgan Chase bought out a settlement. They were the ones that caused... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they caused yeah. a financial crisis by, like, leveraging subprime loans. Right. And all Which, along they've said... All along they've said they mm-hmm. didn't really know about. Today a story broke. One of the top attorneys that worked for them uh-huh. was going to testify against them back in, 2000, in 2011 when they were going to court. And they, like, And they, they immediately, as soon as they found out about that, they called not Eric Holder, who was the attorney, attorney general, they called the associate attorney general and were like, we want to settle out of court. <sighs> they settled out of court for $9 billion and none of them went to court, went to jail. They, oh, my god! Yeah, they just paid $9 billion and everything is like fine. So, um, oh, man, I have so many things that I want, yeah. still want to talk to you about. I know. Um, and we will. No, I... Okay, fuck, fuck it. it. If yeah. you're okay with it, I'm okay I'm with fine. it. Because I feel like there's still so much that I want to talk to you about yeah. that I don't care that we're like about to hit the. And I know I've anymore. talked to you about like how like long podcasts are. I know. I don't care. I'm selfish. Okay, I love <laughs> okay. it because I feel right. like I'm like, where did the time go? Because yeah, I, yeah. I like got so into like your time on the. So, it was like so much. You had so much cool shit to talk about where your origin story was concerned that like it's a long story. It, but no, I love it. It was Thanks. all so pertinent. Yeah, so so this is what I t- want to talk about first is um, I realized this 
for one reason or another, when we, when uh, Marie Maloney did the podcast, she talked about the Kennedys, and I could only relate via pop culture. Mm-hmm. Like, I kept bringing up, like, pop culture things that she wasn't that familiar with. But I'm going to do it again. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, shows that I... Um, well, first of all, the first thing I started thinking about was Veep. Have yeah. you seen Veep? Oh, yeah, I love that show. So fucking good. Yeah, and great. it has to, you have to be able to relate to a lot oh, of that. Absolutely. When you were describing your time on the campaign, I was just like, this is straight out of yeah. Veep. <laughs> it's like, it's so, oh my God, the adjustment for me coming back to, from DC, Uh huh. where like, you know how in the show, like everyone's Jonah. constantly on their phones. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. they're like assholes about it. Like yes. if people disrupt them from their phones, they're like, oh, fuck you. Yeah. Hundred percent true. Wow! Well, like I came back and I'm wasn't still wasn't there kind of even? An oh, it was someone's wedding where they all had to put yeah. their phones in a bowl. In a bowl, and <laughs> yeah. It's like, like they, was and they Matt were competing. Walsh's, was it Matt Walsh's wedding? It was Matt Walsh's Kathy wedding and Jimmy. Yeah. yeah. And then so it was Matt Walsh's wedding, and then like the two kind of aides to the V to uh-huh. Louis, um, uh, Marie Louis Dreyfus. Yeah. Uh, Julia. Julia Louis Dreyfus, not yeah. Marie. Um, Julia uh, Louis Dreyfus. They're competing to like be her. I know who you're talking about. It's like Anna and I know it's like the tall brunette guy. Yeah, Dave or Doug or something like that. Dave. I think it's Dave. Dave. I think it's Anna and Dave. So they want to be campaign because he eventually gets it and then has a nervous breakdown and it goes. It like defaults to Anna. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're both fucking idiots. Yeah, right, great. right. So pretty much everyone on the like, show is an idiot. <laughs> Especially, I love in the one episode like after that where they're like running in the the, the race. Yeah, and they're it's so stupid. Yeah, yeah. So like they put their phones in yeah. the thing, and then they're like. Oh, I have my backup phone. A campaign manager right. obviously has a backup phone. Right. I'm like, oh, God. It's so that, true. But you're like, like, they really would have yeah. that. Oh, it's so they bad. They would have some sort of dumb, like, Blackberry or something. But, like, actually, I think one thing where my improv life and my work life connect so, like, well uh-huh. is that in politics, it's all about, like, the instant reaction. Okay. So, like, something happens, oh, and you're like, like, you have oh, to fuck. be, like, how does this impact Right on work? top of it, yeah. Yeah, because it could, like, it could seriously impact That's one of the huge. things that that show's really been eye-opening for, is, like, every time some sort of story breaks, yeah. whether it's, like, someone on the campaign, or someone, one of the opponents, like, has a rumored affair, or, like, one of the opponents might drop out or like in the third season so much shit happened where like the president was concerned and all that stuff so yeah i mean that has to be like your it's great that has to be like the best for you even though that show like it was one of those shows where i like watch it and loved and then just like fell off but then really? I had the flu recently. Yeah. And I watched the whole third season. You great. did yeah. good. So okay, good. I recently finished the third season yeah. as well, and it was but no, so good. God, the the shows like that House of Cards. I was gonna bring up House of Cards. It's like it's a great. I mean, obviously a little bit extreme. Has to be, but uh, like very kind of kind of accurate in the manipulation of like interesting. Each other. So like, um, yeah, I I, I feel I like the second season wasn't. As good for me as the first season was. It wasn't. The okay. first season was just like so good. Yeah. And I, as again, yeah. South Carolina. He's a representative from South Carolina. Once, once you know the game, then the uh, show is kind of like over. Yeah, right? yeah. You're not wrong. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like they kind of tried to pull out some other like stops in the second yeah. season because it's like, well, he already killed a dude in the yeah. first season. Like, what else can we do? I, I've gotten to this point where I watch TV and I'm like. 
if somebody's not getting fucking murdered, <laughs> I am not on board if it's a drama. Like, Kevin Spacey has to get murdered in that show. Oh, you like, think he's gonna oh, die? He's No, like, or I'm someone's not thinking, gonna kill him? I'm like, hoping for it. You're, like, you're, it's I watch too like, much Game of Thrones. It's almost like, yeah, Game of Thrones. I was gonna oh, say, it is kind of the, it's more the Game of Thrones effect than what I was gonna say, which yeah. was the Breaking Bad effect. Oh, yeah, yeah. I feel like the Breaking Bad effect also was like, oh my god, so many of these people are gonna die. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my god. And they didn't. And it's like, yeah. oh my god. Exactly. Yeah, most of them didn't. Yeah. Um, Damn them. There were a couple of other things yeah, what are you, so let's, that I wanted to bring up. Can we take up. a pee break? Sure. Okay, let's do that. I must have drank me about 15 Dr. Peppers. Congratulations. How does it feel to be an All-American? It's an honor, sir. Congratulations. How does it feel to be an All-American? Very good, sir. Congratulations. How does it feel to be an All-American? Very good, sir. Congratulations. How do you feel? I gotta pay. <laughs> I believe he said he had to go pee. Oh, man. <laughs> um, oh, man. But, uh, what was I talking about? Um, you were oh, talking about how you got your job at the United Way. Yeah, so I... I was unemployed, I was applying to jobs, I applied to like a lot of jobs, um, one of them, so I, I eventually got a job as a, a bartender at this place called the Beer Market in Bolingbrook, which is near Homer Glen where I'm from. Okay. Um, it's a place that only serves beer and like six wines. Okay. So I'm basically a beer tender. Like the <laughs> right. easiest bartender job yeah, you Yeah, you didn't have to mix anything. Yeah, but it That's was just, great. it was just opening, so like, yeah. I went through like beer school, which was great. Sounds awesome. Um, I like went through the whole thing. I was literally helping them like stock the bar and set it up when I got a a call from United Way of San Francisco. Um, I did the first interview with them. It went really well. They asked me in the first interview if I wanted a second interview, and I was like, "Yes, obviously." Right. Um, did this second interview it was a Skype interview with like six people, which is wow. really intense. And, um, so was the first one like a phone interview? Yeah. Okay. And because it was a position that like they said in it that they really wanted people from California. Oh, wow. So like they, if they were going to take me, being they would have had to be very, very sure. familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Very sure that they wanted me and they did. They basically offered the position to me like that day, the next day of the second interview of the second interview, like in the interview, basically, um, the next day. I, this was in, it was either like late July or early August of 2013, last year. Um, that, that night after that, I came in the city. Lauren, my girlfriend, lives in the city. Um, I think I might have even had like a rehearsal the next day or something for Ulysses or something. Or no, we were performing on Fridays at that time. Yeah. So I had a show that night. Um, that night, I... No, no, we didn't. That's bullshit. I went to Lauren's place. So, <laughs> so I wake up the next morning. I have an email from United Way's Here's um, HR person. And it was an email that I got at like, she sent it at like six in the morning. Wow. And it was like, hey, uh, what are you doing? Like, do you have a job yet? I think I might have something for you. Oh my god! Called her. And I had like just gotten an offer for this job in San Francisco. And you hadn't accepted it yet? No. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> so oh I call her gosh. and she's like, she's like, hey, we, we think we have this position for you. Um, did they know anything about the San Francisco thing? I told her. I told oh, her. Oh, you did? Yeah. Um, and they understood. I went in for the interview like the very next week early. Um, and it was for the grant I had helped. Cool. This grant that I still currently What manage. is it called? 
Um, Nav- the navigator grant. Navigator? Yeah. I was going to say navigation. Yeah. I was pretty close. <laughs> same, thing, same thing. So I went in. It was I closer than I thought it was originally. At, at, at the time, they, um, my position was very undefined. Mm-hmm. No one really knew what the project was. I would be a contractor working at United Way managing this grant with 19, I managed 19 agencies with like 70 staff, Whoa. basically. But I'm I'm basically all associated with Obamacare and yes. implementing new insurance. Yeah, or guiding people through insurance. Cool. Um, but I'm basically an employee of the governor's office. Okay. Who run? It's a governor's initiative. Because okay, so, okay, because they okay. accepted the funds from the, the the federal government. Okay, okay. So they but a United Way, no one really fucking knew what it was. Yeah. Um, first ever it was government just grant. Small... First, yeah. No, it wasn't small. One point four million dollars. Oh, so it was yeah. big, but it was just new. new. Got new. it. Got it. Got it. Got First it. First ever government grant um, for the United Way. Yeah, for of Chicago. Of Chicago, yeah. right? Um, it was huge, big. That's a wow. lot of money for a, for a nonprofit. Yeah, we raised like fifty four million dollars. So a funny. Year. I, sh- I'm gonna tell my parents to listen to this because of my dad's uh, association with the United Way, but also my mom helps. Um, nonprofits write grants. Oh, she's because, a grant writer. Yeah, awesome. because she like works for, um, because she knows like legal document mm-hmm. like how all that should work. Yeah, she works. She's worked a lot in the past with like the juvenile arbitration board. That's she awesome. helped them write grants. My parents are amazing people. <laughs> and the thing is, is that like nonprofits need help, yeah like help doing this. So my mom's great at that. The funding is like like nonprofits get the majority of their funding. From the government, mm-hmm. a lot of people don't and know then, that. Yeah, and my dad, uh, my dad knows this quite well because he worked for ten years for this program called Youth Build that was mm-hmm. associated with the um, uh, school board and like the it was associated with education, but it was all grant funded. Yeah, it was all yeah. so all of his like his uh, salary, everything he had good edu- uh he had good insurance because it was like government associated yeah and recently the money started running out and my dad got laid off yeah that's 10 what years happens. down the road that's what happens so it was like no more grant money yeah so another our, reason why i'm like man this whole thing is like very close and, to my heart and our grant um it's it was the first one was just for one year mm-hmm. so um it's through june so 30th. it ran out it ran out this summer yeah we enrolled 6300 people under our grant. That's awesome. Coverage, we contacted like 200,000 people. Whoa. It's huge. Huge for United Way too. Um, so you, we were wow. like super successful. And like the state was like 150% to goal of like who they originally wanted to <gasps> That's enroll. That's great. The, the federal government originally said we were going to enroll 7 million people. We enrolled over 8 million people nationally. That's awesome. Which is amazing just in marketplace. Yeah. Just in like private plans. Right. Medicaid is like like double that. Way more than that. Yeah. So it's cool. like it's something like 26 million people mm-hmm. got some type of coverage last year through Obamacare. Yeah. Um, wow. Which is amazing. Yeah, and to think that those people may not have had coverage at all. And there's there was six months of open enrollment last year. Mm-hmm. There's three months this year, which starts on November 15th. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the first two months, the website just didn't Still work. Still wasn't period. functioning. Yeah, 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 it just didn't work. So there was basically four months to work with. And because the website didn't, like, and I, as someone who was inside, I have no problem saying it didn't work. Yeah. Like, it did not, it just didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, for whatever reason... 
there are a lot of reasons like they contracted with the company six months beforehand because they they had it was a competitive process they started yeah, they started this be? process and like because it's the government they, they had to have a competitive huge. process yeah the company that won it fucked up oh um, man so that happened oh i don't know if you've listened to this but when steve persh did the podcast he talked about steve how Pirsch. who is like brilliant yeah. gem of a human being yeah. he talked about how he went into when they were still trying to fix the healthcare.gov website yeah. because he's like a programmer and can write code he yep. went in and tried to like fix some of the coding nope. because they were actually like literally doing that <laughs> Is, is trying to get people, anyone who would help to fix yeah. it, and he really wanted to help because he wanted his name to like be in the, um, whatever in the coding yeah, for like having huge. changed it because it it's was historic, huge, yeah. historic. And for a while it was, but then they like totally revamped the whole system and yeah. it's not anymore. No, yeah, but, yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I knew you would know Steve. Yeah, Steve is man. <laughs> yeah, uh, former Ulysses member too. Yes. Brad was he was the first person to left. To leave after I joined. Gotcha. Okay. Very so back, your times didn't Short. overlap for too long. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that that happened. We we're still massively successful. That's great. Um, a and lot you of got pe- another grant. Yeah. So um, we were we were very successful. I um, not to pat myself on the back too much, but like I love it. Like pat, it, pat it was, away. So like I because of my I'm a very informal manager. Yeah. Um, I'm very real with the people that I work with. Uh-huh. Like they're the ones doing the work. I'm just man like managing sure. and giving advice, troubleshooting. So that's what I did. I wanted to make their lives as easy as possible, and um, I also provided a lot of feedback to the state on how they could be a lot better. Cool. Um, so we did that. I helped. So our first year, we won. We applied for two million dollars. Mm-hmm. Won a $1.3 million grant, which is completely separate from like everything else. Like, no dollars that are fundraised from United Way's like corporate campaigns had anything to do with Obamacare. Wow. Which actually is very important because. Um, because then all of the, that money can go to something else. Yeah. And it's not like there was a lot of concern about. Um, I mean, it's a very contentious issue, just sure. like a lot of things. Right. I mean, huge issue. Right. Um, but. Like, none of the dollars that are, are raised in the classic United Way way touch this program at all. Good. It's just purely government. Cool. The government grant. Um, so, we were doing this work, and we were being very successful. And then in, like, January, there was, like, extra money available for nonprofits to get. Um, so, I applied and won $350,000 extra for the, rest. for the grant, for the remainder of the grant period. Um we weren't able to spend it all, so it was like two hundred sixty thousand. Um, so eventually, it was like a one point five three million dollar grant. That's awesome. Which is crazy for me. <laughs> I was unemployed, sitting yeah. on my. I was literally floating in my parents' pool, and I got a phone call about how maybe I could do this thing. You can manage yeah. this one point three million dollar project, which is insane. So we were like the fourth largest grant originally. What the one point three was the fourth largest grant that the state gave out this year. Um, we are the second largest, the largest nonprofit grant. We wrote for like two point one million dollars and got one point eight five million. That's amazing, Insanity. Bill. Insanity. So for for me, like I, I've talked about this a little bit tonight, but like 
for me, it's a very, like, moral responsibility. Like, yeah. I am not going to ever do anything to, like, end up on the front page of the Sun-Times. Right. Like, that's my number one rule. It's like, don't. Right. Don't fuck don't up. Don't fuck this up. Don't, I, I, got, I pull from uh, my buddy Barry Obama. <laughs> don't, do, don't do stupid shit. It's, like, the number one rule. Because we're under so much scrutiny, like, yeah. on this program. Right. And it's very, very important. If we fuck up, then, like, we could potentially lose the opportunity for, like, thousands of people to get insurance coverage that they need yeah um so this year we applied we got the the second largest grant um i'm managing it again it's very insane work environment workload but But you said you also kind of get to make your own schedule for when you're there yeah like well in the the office oh so like i'm always working but like i i don't have to be in the office because my position is very like unique cool um Especially once the program gets started, like during the summer when we were like applying and all mm-hmm. that stuff, I was in the office. All the I, time. I was in the office nine to five, basically. Gotcha. Um, but now, like now the program's out, like which is great for me. I hate doing paperwork. I yeah. love being out. It's great. Yeah. Um, so, like for me, this is what it's all about. Is like kind of going back to like why I wanted to be a doctor, why I wanted to do like politics. Is like I get to actually go and finish the work. The reason that I wanted to go and work for the president was because of this. Like, was because he wanted to make it so that people could have better outcomes. For someone like me, who has a, a very heavy pre-existing condition, yeah. who already reached my lifetime limit for insurance coverage oh my by the time I was 14 years old. I didn't even think about that. Like, this, this presents an opportunity for me to not be fucked because of, like, a genetic defect. Yeah. That is random. Yeah. Um... So I take it, I, I, I very, I'm very much opposed to taking politics personally, mm-hmm. but, um, for this particular issue, it's so incredibly personal, which like, it strikes me when, um, the issue like women's health mm-hmm. is also very personal to me. Like contraceptive coverage should be covered by insurance because it's not a choice for like most people. Um, I have two sisters. Yes. I have two sisters. Both are older than me. Yeah, I was going to say, why do you feel like this is personal? It is. Um, when that when I was a kid... <laughs> God damn it. Uh, I had two older sisters, and my mom, and my dad. Um, and both my sisters are three years separated. So okay, like, so it's three years and then six sister years. Six years, okay. Yeah. Um, so when I was like eight, or like seven years old, I was very confused when like my sisters and my mom would just be mad at me Aww. all the time for like, <laughs> like a while. And like, I didn't understand. Now I do, right? Like yeah. it coordinated and yeah. they didn't mean it, but they did. Yeah. Um, my sisters are very emotional people just in general. Sure. Like they, wa- like I watched the, um, what's the movie called? The, the Butler yeah, ever, Lee ever, Daniels. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Uh, it's it's a great, great movie. I've heard really good things. Not a movie that I watched and would like cry. I watched right. it with my mom and my like one of my sisters, and they were just like bawling, bawling. the entire yeah. time. Yeah. So like at the time, I didn't understand. But like um, in my family, the women in my family have big issues with. Um, I don't know how to say this. Well, like, like uh, cramps, cramps, PMS. Can I say that? Heavy. No, not not pin, just like just cramps, cramps big sure. time. Yeah, like, yeah. 
Um, you can say cramps. Can I say yeah. that? Yeah, it's kind of like how I don't know if you've seen this, but uh, Cameron Esposito and her uh, uh, fiance um, made this video for BuzzFeed that where they like fielded thousands of questions from people mm-hmm. about like it was they build it as ask a lesbian. Yeah, and the video that they made in response is is really really great and kind of sums up everything that Cameron Esposito is as a comedian. Yeah, um, and one of them and the very first question is. Can I call you a lesbian? And she was like, "Yeah, that's what I am. Like, yeah, that's, that's what, what it is. That's I mean, yeah. I'm also a person and a woman, and my name is Cameron. But yeah, yeah like you can you can call me that. Like that's not a slur. Yeah, yeah, cramps, Cram- not a okay. weird thing. So they had cramps. They had early cramps. early age, right? So like, I have plenty yeah. of friends who have gone on contraceptives because they had either really like bad, weird, heavy yeah. periods or really bad cramps yeah. or some combination of the two. Yeah. So I totally get that. Yeah. So like you had experience with that in your family. Yeah. So yeah. like they, like, I mean, for me, it was like a way, like if I was a kid and yeah. I found out about like a way for me not to be like that living much. in a reign of terror yeah. for like a week yeah. every month. Sure. When like, they're usually very nice. Right. And then like. All of a sudden, they're snapping at me for, like, not putting the dishes in the dishwasher correctly. (laughs) So, like, if I had known that, I would have been, like, fighting anyone who was, like, not giving that to them. Right. So, but now, like, looking back, like, they didn't go to school sometimes. Yeah. Because of how bad it was. I remember having female friends who would do that as well. And and even me, as as a woman... Who is experiencing similar things, but I've never had like at that strong of of, yeah. of medical issues with. It's just like any other medical condition. It's yeah. like my lungs work, yours don't. You have asthma. Yeah. Sometimes that becomes a complication. It's a medical like, issue. It's the same thing. Yeah. So when when for... if you could take an inhaler, I would want you to be able to have that <laughs> inhaler. Exactly. So like for me, especially when it comes to medical things, like we have come so far as society mm-hmm. to have all of these capabilities. To do these amazing things. Mm -hmm. Some of them have side effects that we don't want. Some of them are a little bit tricky. But like we know certain things work. And to say. When I hear people say like. Oh well. If you use birth control. If you take the birth control pill. You're just going to sleep around. I'm like. I want to punch that person so in the baffling. face, especially when I hear so Republican baffling. women say it. Yeah, it's like why? What? Have Isn't that never... the most disappointing? Man, it's so it sucks sad. because as a woman, I totally feel that way too. And it's like, well, ah, well, they're just in this party. It's all this party. Like they're all trying to get votes. And it's all appealing, but it's but it's so much more frustrating yeah. to hear. A woman say these things that I'm just like no. As, like as a as a white male, like I'm so unbelievably entitled. Yeah. Just like in my normal Naturally. life, and yeah. like I I recognize that. Like mm-hmm. there are still some things I don't recognize, mm-hmm. and like I try really hard. Mm-hmm. But like the the issue that I see now that's huge is like this. Not even like trying to recognize it but this a willful ignorance Mm -hmm. and then using that willful ignorance to like pass it off as strength so like like a perfect a perfect example is uh joni ernst who just was elected senator from iowa um the first female senator ever elected in iowa she's a republican is this the real young girl no oh that girl is actually a delight Okay. Um, yeah. She's uh, like 18, right? No, she's 30. 
Oh. Yeah, you have to be 26 to run for Congress. Why did I... What am I thinking of? You, I mean, they say, like, she's the youngest ever. So, oh, like, so I even was, thought the same thing. I was Maybe like, I she, just jumped she, to the fact that she was super yeah. young. I'm, I was like, she's probably my age. And I was like, no, oh, no legally she's not allowed. Okay. Um, I'm probably thinking of the same thing. Sorry. Yeah. No, anyways, this this woman, Joni Ernst. Um, Iowa. Iowa is extremely uneducated. Oh, no. Um, man, it's so disappointing. <laughs> like, and... And I can't even begin to express my disappointment that the first female senator from Iowa, which is a like a battleground state, I was going to say, which is way contested where politics are concerned, and like they're a very it's a very political state. People are very aware, uh, classically read, but this this woman is just she doesn't know the difference between. A Pell Grant and a student loan. She doesn't understand, like, basic differences, and then she passes that off as strength. And even, like, even on the opposite side of the spectrum, just saying, like, oh, no, 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 no." like, I I didn't, like, later on, like, when she got, she got into, like, this huge debate with somebody at, Oh, so she's like, I had a bad education, and I'm still here. Not even, not even that. Just being like, oh, well, that doesn't matter. I still support... X, Y, Z buzzwords rather than like getting in like rather than being real. Kind and there's of no like a Sarah Palin yeah. thing. Yeah. I, I, think, I mean I that's what my mind went to as like, oh, an, yeah. a woman who was like could have been yeah. this huge marker and like sign such and, a potential but and, she's just, and pillar, yeah. but She's just a fucking idiot. I've heard so many people say that that was like the death of McCain's campaign. It was. Have you ever seen Game Change? No. Yeah, I should it. watch it. The, the book is also great. Um, it's really like not understanding. And that's the thing is like... Uh, Didn't... They, um, Woody Harrelson was in that movie. But... Uh, oh, I love her. Who played Sarah Palin? She's like... Oh, man. And it's exactly... Jewel- uh, Julianne Moore? Yeah, Julianne Moore. That's right, that's right, that's right. Um, I just, like, brain farted her yeah. name for a second. I, as soon I as wanted to say Joan Crawford. I wanted to say Julia Louis-Dreyfus again. <laughs> I was like, no, it's not her. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, Julianne it's, Moore. It's so disappointing. And also, like, the, it's just... Uh, what turns off the Joe Underbockies of the world <laughs> is that... It, they're so. I love. Dis- I want to always refer to groups of people as the Joe <laughs> Underbuckies of the world. But what turns them Joe off, delights me so much. He's the greatest <laughs> I, man. I really feel like we have a lot in common. But I did, anyway, I did a two a two man show with him oh. when we were still at the um, at Links uh-huh. for OGM for a Tuesday night for Tuesdays. And that sounds great. It was great. He's so like great. he's so, and I we called him. ourselves the Good Times. <laughs> Anyways, what turns off the Joe Underbachis of the world from voting is, like, how disingenuous these people are. Sure. So, like, the Joni Ernst on the on the Democratic side, like, Alison Lundergan-Grimes, who ran against Mitch McConnell, Kentucky, and got oh. her ass whooped. Oh. She, um... I didn't realize it was a woman. It was a woman. She And and she's very smart, which is, makes us even more disappointing that what ruined her campaign at the end. She ran a really good campaign. What ruined her campaign was that in Kentucky... A, she didn't own Obamacare, which in Kentucky has been insanely successful. They expanded Medicaid, and 
what they did is not call it Obamacare or the Affordable Care Act. They just called it health insurance. And the, the exchange <laughs> is called Connect, K-Y-N-E-C-T. And they were one of the best states at enrolling people. Oh, my God. So, Just because they took that stigma away from it? Yeah. Oh, God. Think about it. Did you How see, embarrassing. That Jimmy Kimmel like bit where he goes out in public and asks people if they like Obamacare or the Affordable Care Act better. Oh, And everyone's, uh, everyone's like, oh, man. Oh, man. I love I've that affordable, go affordable Care I Act. I love that Affordable Care Act. No! Um, but anyways, she she was asked the the first time she got asked this question, did you vote for Barack Obama in 2008 and 2012? She's running as a Democrat in Kentucky. Anyway, she's running as a Democrat, and then her response was, well, um, I, I don't believe that I should be disclosing my vote, and that's not important. I don't agree with Barack Obama on a lot of things. And like as soon as you start down that road... It's like everyone knows what you did. Right. Everyone knows. And if you and then she's like, "Oh, I'm a Hillary Clinton Democrat, not a Barack Obama Democrat." Ugh. It's like, you know what word is in common in those two? A Democrat. Democrat. You know who was running against John McCain and Sarah Palin in 2008? Barack a Democrat. Obama. <laughs> yeah, you know who yeah. was running against Mitt Romney in 2012? A Democrat. Ugh. You're gonna vote for we them. We know what your vote was. Yeah. Stop trying to. Oh, and it just no. comes off as so disingenuous. Of course. The, the polls. Trying the, to please oh, everyone pleases no one. No, especially in the midterms, because no one's gonna turn out for someone who seems like a pussy, and. If did you ever watch The West Wing? Here and there. Okay. I know I, Allison Janney was CJ. I know who Toby yeah. is. Toby. <laughs> Toby. I know that. Um, what's his name? Uh, Charlie. What? Uh, the guy. Uh, Dule Hill. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, oh my god, the she plays. I can't. Oh my god. In Mad Men, she's the main, not Joan, the woman who's a copywriter. Peggy. Peggy. Peggy was Elizabeth Moss. Elizabeth Moss was, was a on, madman. She really? was the daughter. Was on uh, West Wing. Yeah, she's on West Wing. She was the daughter of the president. Oh, cool! Yeah, I never awesome. knew that. Um, Martin Sheen, blah yeah. blah blah. Um, yeah, episodes here and there, but never like reg- with regularity. But like that that show, um, a as a Democrat, it's just like <laughs> sploosh city yeah, all the time. That's so funny because my oh, parents man. loved it and they are not Democrats. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, well, it's not even Democrat thing. It's just like, God, I really wish that Martin Sheen was president. <laughs> <laughs> but like, so in that show, like, I mean, of course about... Hollywood would write, could write a fictional, successful Democratic president in an ideal world. We just need someone like, in, like like I said, in a perfect world, Democrats and Republicans argue for what they believe in, yeah. what they actually believe in, mm-hmm. and then they come to compromise. Mm-hmm. In that show, it's always that mm-hmm. like like the president is there, and they, I mean the the Congress switches parties uh, throughout this show because mm-hmm. it goes over time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, they always stand for what they believe in. But one of the big things, whenever it comes to, like, compromising, it's like, well, we can't be pussies. And then they end up doing it. Right. And, like, there's this huge blow up where, like, they pick up this political consultant and he's like, I actually posted this on Facebook, too. <laughs> I post these things on Facebook. <laughs> Damn it. To varied success. <laughs> yeah. And it's this guy who's like, you know what I'm sick of? I'm sick of, of feeling... Of working for people and getting them elected who make me feel embarrassed for what I believe in. 
Like wow. I'm sick. I'm sick and tired. And I feel this way too. Yeah. Like I'm sick and tired of having an Alison Lundergan Grimes who has so much money behind her. Yeah. Who is afraid to say, "Of course I voted for the president." Right. Um. I'm really like. He's our president. Yeah, he's the pre- of course. Not I'm only vote am for I him. a Democrat, and he was the Democratic candidate. Yeah. He is currently the president of the United States of America. Exactly. I should yeah. not be afraid to say that I voted for him. I'm sick of hi- like people hiding behind politics. To gain votes that don't ever come. Yeah. Because people don't respect that. Yeah. Obviously it didn't work for her in particular. She got fucked big time. (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. That whole whole election wasn't overall very successful. No. Was it? I mean, no. (laughs) The problem for me. Successful in the terms of our uh, liberal leanings, I should say, I guess. Yeah. I mean, for, for me, selfishly, I'm just worried about like... Your funding. My funding. Of course. How could you not be? Yeah. Because so, it literally directly affects you in your job. It's a governor's. And that's what I told Joe. He's like, why should I care? I'm like, last year we enrolled 217,000 people in the state of Illinois um, under this program because of the expansion of Obamacare mm-hmm. or of Medicaid. Mm-hmm. And um, now we have a guy who said that he. Didn't um, support. Didn't support it. Obamacare. He, he wouldn't roll back, but he didn't support it. And especially our program is just like, it's a governor's initiative. It's not very much money in the grand scheme of things. I don't know. I mean, I also don't want to speculate on potential things. I hope he's also, he today he hired a lot of people from the Obama presidency to like help him in the transition. Really? So, I mean. That's encouraging. It's encouraging. I'm still not convinced, but I'm never going to. Like, as a as an optimist and as someone who I know a lot of Republicans, I grew up in a very, very red suburb, mm-hmm. Homer Glen, with a lot of very, it's a very wealthy suburb, not where I'm from, not my neighborhood, it's like on the other side. Sure, sure, um, sure, sure, sure. But, um, like... I went to college with a lot of wealthy people, but yeah. I didn't grow up with very many, yeah. so I get that. But, like, I will always go to bat for what I believe in, but, I mean, there are some things that should be, comp- like, that you can easily compromise on. Sure. And if he's willing to do that, like, there should be good faith from the other side, too. Sure. Like our side. Yeah. Um. And, like, I'm not one to believe that somebody's explicitly evil because of what I fucking see in a political ad. Right. Fuck sure, sure, that. sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Fuck that. Yeah, so. man. I mean, there were there were times among, like, during the campaign and, like, before I voted where I really tried to, like, see both sides of it. It's not like I went in going, like, well, you know, blue ticket all the way, like, yeah. Pat Quinn for life. Like, you know, it, it really wasn't like that. Like, yeah. it's hard. It's hard. Especially when, like, I mean, you don't hear much about Pat Quinn yeah. during the normal year. Right. Um, which that's, is the argument against really him. That's really hard. That's the major argument against him is, like, what has he done? Like, we don't hear about him. But the what I can say is that he has worked his entire life, like, he's kind of a behind-the-scenes guy. Mm-hmm. Which, you also it's harder. You have to understand... I'm from South Carolina. Yeah. Our past two governors were Mark Sanford, who was a fuck-up of a governor before he had that fucking, like, (laughs) Appalachian Trail bullshit. I don't know if you're totally familiar, but... I heard about it. The guy fucked up. He, He said he was hiking the Appalachian Trail, and he fucking was spending time with this Argentinian mistress. Like, he was a fuck-up, but he was a terrible governor before that. He was going to close... 
the University of South Carolina Lancaster, yeah. which was a branch of the University of South Carolina in my hometown, which uh, not only employed a large portion of the city, but also educated a large portion of the city. Yeah. Why can't... Can I ask you a question as a non-political person? Sure. Uh, no, as a political person to a non-political Asking to person. A non- sure, sure, sure. What? Why can't... <laughs> This might be bad. Why does everyone lie about, like, to the public, about having an affair? Like, it never, ever, ever works out. Ever. Everyone finds out. You're gonna, they're gonna find out. It's gotta just be the ideology that it yeah. won't come out, right? Right. It has to be. I mean, it's like the stupid fallacy, like, you did it. It has Hiking. to be the idea. Let's go hike the Appalachian Trail. It has to be the idiot. ideology that they don't think it will come to light. It has to be. That's the only way I can look at it. Because I totally see it as baffling things. So this guy, total fuck up. The next, also a woman, also a terrible governor. And I fucking, I hate it. Like, I just, I can't stand it. Like, I come on, women in politics. Like... Grow a pair. Mm-hmm. Like, look at Hillary. I mean, yeah. she's not a beacon, but she's done some really great fucking things. Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren. God. Jesus. I of would, course. I, <laughs> if our funding ever were to get cut or something, yeah. I would a, instantly become the most insufferable political person Aww, of all time. Yeah. But I would be like instantly like Elizabeth Warren, run for please run for president. Please, I will please. work for you. Oh. That's, but, yeah, so no. Yeah. Two great examples. Elizabeth Warren especially. Like, it, but there are just so many. I mean... But there, are I, so, there are very good examples. There that's, are. That's the thing. We're concentrating on the bad. Right, right, right. right. As, as often yeah. happens. But like Nikki Haley... Yeah, is bad. A, terrible governor yeah. and she just got reelected yep. and she's a terrible terrible governor who's you know, like her uh, her views on art funding are reprehensible make my skin crawl and it, it makes my heart hurt for my home state it yeah. really does there's nothing i do about it now and and a lot of me is just like well fuck it all the hell <laughs> now you're you're like it's okay this it's is gonna be okay <laughs> It's going to be okay. Eventually, uh, eventually, the Joe Wanderbachis of the world will we'll realize that they to. need to go vote because if they all do it, we'll they get over will. 50% yeah. turnout. It'll be great. It'll be yeah. great, Mary Beth. Yeah. Yeah. I just wish yeah. it could work in the other way, too. I wish politicians and politics could work in a way where it wasn't as frustrating and, and convoluted. Yeah. So that it, it didn't have to be the voter turnout that made it change. But it's like, there's... And I agree That's with really you. what my entire like political viewpoint boils down to. I agree with you. There are two facts. The first fact is that people are shitty, especially when they have money and power. Yeah. And that is going to happen. Mm-hmm. The second fact is that for our democracy to work, there has to be an equal side. So, like, we wish that and and hope that people are going to be good and that they'll be held accountable to the like to the American public, especially when they vote like in an overwhelming percentage, saying like we want you to raise we want. we want you to raise taxes on the rich. Yeah. In an actual election, is that going to happen? Maybe not. Yeah. It's just an advisory measure. But right. The the thing is is that especially and like I can't stress this enough that the only way that that is ever going to happen is if 
the politicians feel actually accountable to us. Yeah. And they don't. The reason why is because we turn out at such low margins. This year, yeah. the, the voter turnout in the United States is going to be around, like, for the midterm, is going to be below a third. It's going to really? be, like, 31%. Below a third yeah. for the for the present for 08 and 08. In my apathetic ass was yeah. in the below a third number. In, in 08 was the highest turnout like ever. It was yeah, over. It, I, I don't know if it was even over fifty percent of eligible so of eligible voters. So not even like registered. Yeah. Just or no not no no it was it was the opposite. It was yeah just around fifty percent of registered voters. Not even eligible. So that doesn't even take into account yeah. the people that were eligible and never bothered to register. That's right. So like, <sighs> like it's on us, America. Like, if I Vote. can make a PSA, yeah. like it's so easy. Go to it's Ballotpedia, so, yeah. and you're you can, fucking pulling. Quick. You can register to vote online. You have like a whole. Month it's never been election. easier yeah. to vote than it is now. And in Illinois, it is so much easier than like a lot of places, really? especially like South Carolina or Georgia, where like they don't have. Like, they don't have same-day registration. Early voting is, oh, like, yeah. five days. Here, early voting is, like, a month. Yeah. Like, election day, the whole idea of it being called election day is bullshit. Basically, it's the election deadline. Yeah. Like, I wish they would call it that because we have a month to uh-huh. vote. One-twelfth of the year total. <sighs> Seven percent of and the I year this year, it. we could have voted. I feel, I, I feel guilty feel for almost feel not good. voting. Feel good. <laughs> you got to do it. So, like, so, yeah, that... I mean, you've got to do it. It plays it plays a big role, like in edu- especially like and the I difference like... between the difference between like funding in the state of Illinois with a Democrat and a Republican, depending on how you feel, totally is very different. Especially for like in Illinois, there's discretionary spend and mandated spend. Two of the things that are under discretionary spend are education and health, human services. Those are two things. And the pension, the pension issue, like public pensions, are just eating up because those are mandatory spend. Yeah, and it should be, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, my family, both my parents were in a union. Like it, sh- like they work fucking all of their lives. Mm-hmm. They deserve those pensions that they bought into. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone else does. Yeah. So in Illinois, I feel like that's even more yeah. prevalent than it is in a lot of other states too. It is. It is. It is big time. And so like. Like, it keeps eating that up. So, it was going to be bad, mm-hmm. regardless of who won. But it's mm-hmm. going to be worse, guaranteed. Because they want, like, cutting taxes only decreases that pie. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I, uh, man. We don't have to get so into good. this. It's this been, been really, so really, really wonderful. Oh, I love all man. the, like, ebbs and flows that it's yeah. had. I love how much time we got to spend with, yeah. like, how you really got into it in the Obama campaign yeah. and what your continued experience has been with it with um, the United Way grant. That's yeah. so great. This has been so great. Yeah. I have to ask you, how do you feel like your love of politics has influenced your life creatively mm-hmm. and then your life in general? Um, I feel like my love of politics has been, it's been a benefit to me creatively because it gives me a lot of like pause on certain issues. Mm-hmm. So like I, um, because I take this thing so seriously, I'm able to not take most of the rest of my life very seriously. Interesting. I love that. So, um, like I'm very even keeled because like I know how serious some things are and I know how not serious most of the other things are. 
That's so great. Um, so that's nice. So it gives you the opportunity to take almost everything else with a grain of salt. Yeah, it's like fuck. That's like, great. Like, I woke up in a bed today. Yeah. Like this is great. In you a, guys. a heated apartment. Yeah, it's fucking good. <laughs> yeah. Um, I ate a Chipotle twice this week. <laughs> God damn. You but, brought me yeah. potbelly sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> so I like for for me creatively it um it actually just because it. It helps me creatively because it frees up my mind for that. Like, when I'm in that, I'm just there. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't worry about it because I work so hard. Um, but it also limits me just the time. Mm-hmm. So, like, if I if I choose to do a campaign again, I will not be able to do anything sure. creatively. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. 8, 8 a.m. to 10 p.m.? No. You're done. <laughs> yeah. You know, you can't do... Not only could you not do anything creatively, you just I, couldn't do anything else. Anything at all. So, um... It does limit my time available to to do creative things. Like I wish I had more time to like write. Sure, I love writing, um, but I, I do think that it, it kind of expands my mind for especially like improv and character work and things yeah. like that. Yeah, um, and then you're able to write also to political yeah. topics where you just so choose so much material. Yeah, it's yeah, 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 yeah. Because it's just like uh, an improv thing. The main thing is like. Just take it as seriously as possible because the sure. truth will come out yeah. of how serious you take it. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's easy because I see this shit all the time from <laughs> these stupid idiots. Um, sure, sure. So, yeah, that and then influence my life. I I think that the reward, like election night in 2012 after working on the campaign, even though I didn't finish it out, um, the reward of that of knowing how real it is, like, is really big. And, like, knowing, like, after my work last year, my work that's going to come this year, yeah. like, knowing how real it is for, like, so many people is, like, it's really rewarding. That you're a part yeah. of something that's making a difference. Yeah. That's and really cool. It's, um, it's really great because I, I, like, most people do, even though they don't realize it, um, they do make a difference on everyone's life, everyone that they touch. But, like, I touch a lot of people indirectly, um, and it's just really great. It's really, it's a really great feeling. That's awesome. Um, yeah, and I, I like, I like the connection that I'm able to make between my creative life and my mm-hmm. work life. Like the thing at the annoyance. Yeah, yeah. that's so great. I, so, I meant to bring that up um, on mic too, so I'm glad you did. Yeah. That you're. you're Can I plug it? Please do. Yeah. Okay. When is it? Um, so they're going to be open enrollment in uh, private health insurance. Runs from November 15th to February 15th. Um, if you're eligible for Medicaid, you can enroll anytime. But uh, that's open enrollment. So during open enrollment, um, kind of because I'm an angel of death, yeah. provided that connection, um, we're hosting five enrollment events at the Annoyance. Cool. Um, I didn't realize there were that many. Yeah. So there's one in November, November 24th. December 15th, which is the last day that you can enroll in insurance to have it activate on January 1st. Okay. Um, and then I think January 19th. I'm not sure on that date. That's okay. It's in January. It's on It's on the Annoyance newsletter for students if you're one, one of those fools. And then um, there's two in February before open enrollment ends on February 2nd and February 9th. Um, the, so these are all, these are open to anyone. Like, anyone. Anyone can come. You don't have to be comic you don't have to do anything with comedy um if you don't have health insurance insurance or are looking for other options 
or looking for other options even though you do have a health insurance plan. Yeah. Come. Um, I'm going to do a, a Q&A session on Obamacare and then we're going to be set At up all of them? At all of them. Um, and it's a three hour session. We're going to be there with laptops ready to help you enroll into coverage. That's so um, great. Yeah. And if you can't make it to those, um, if you go to getcoveredillinois.gov, you can find enrollment help in your area, um, near your, wherever you live, there is someone ready to help you enroll. So this is the program that you're a manager of. Yeah. That's so great. Yeah. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you, Mary I, Beth. I'm Beth. partially surprised that it went this long, but I'm also partially uh. not surprised. <laughs> just, we also talked for so long before we even started yeah. recording. Yeah. It's just so great. You're such a joy to talk to. Mary Beth Smith. This has been so much fun. <laughs> you wanted to do it for yes. so long. It yeah. was only on my end. <laughs> it was all on my end that I wasn't It took me so scheduling. long to come to this couch. <laughs> But you're here now, yes. and we just had a total joy yes. of a conversation. Thank you. Bill Green, I love you, and I mean that. I love you. <laughs> and I mean that. Genuinely. Vote Mary Beth Smith. <laughs> 2016. 